What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. My name is Mitch, and I'm one of your hosts here every single week. And today, I am solo in terms of the uh, the Terror Table. Kyle and Boozy are out this week, but filling in for them, I'm welcoming friend of the show, uh, metal, country, and punk drummer, uh, formerly a member of the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival Programming Committee, and now an official full-time programmer for the Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival. It is my buddy, Jay Luke. How's it going, Jay? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Uh, we, we had planned to do an episode, I think it was going to be four movies or something like that. Yeah, uh, it but... was supposed to be four. Yeah, I watched all four, too, immediately. I wrote <laughs> notes on all of everything. I was like, it'd be awesome. And then I waited half a year. <laughs> yeah yeah you waited half a year we didn't do that episode yet we're still gonna we're still gonna do a hong kong horror like an extravaganza well extravaganza we'll do a bunch of movies i promise but uh this episode today is jay was one of the druid's hand kickstarter backers and he purchased an episode of his choosing on the terror table so today we will be discussing two hong kong horror movies uh which we are going to tackle in our main feature the first one. Wait, wait a second. I think you're mixing up my, our episodes, man. No, I'm not. I'm just get. I'm getting these backer ones out of the way. Really? Because uh, my backer was supposed to be audition, man. Okay. Well, then, fuck. Fine. And so we got to do three <laughs> with you. We got to do three of these fucking things with you. Jesus. No, we could do two. But I thought audition was my backer, and we would do the the Hong Kong one. Okay, well, if we do, I want Boozy and Kyle to be here for audition because I know, especially Kyle's a big fan of that one. So, okay, fine. We'll we'll get to, yeah, we'll get to that soon. But I'm going to say today's the backer one. Okay, fine then. (laughs) And the reason I'm saying that is thank you, Jay. Thank you for contributing to our Kickstarter. It seriously means a lot. And uh, we really appreciate all the support. And so you chose to talk about two Hong Kong horror movies. And so that's what we're going to do in our main feature. The first one we're going to talk about is The Eye from 2002, and then we're going to close out with Dream Home from 2009. But before that, we're going to do our normal thing, catch up with each other, and catch up with what we've been seeing. This is our first episode that we've recorded since the film festival, so you're able to cover as many movies as you want today. Uh, we'll, uh. We'll, talk, we'll talk about the highlights of the film festival for you this year. Uh, but before that, Jay, would you like to hear a word from our sponsors? Yes, I would. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Direct West. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence and head to directwest.com to learn more. All right. Okay, so... Before we get on to talking about what we've been up to, Jay, can you give our listener base a crash course on what your history with horror is? My history of horror? Because, uh, like, currently right now, you are, like, the only poster in the frame is a P.S. I Love You poster, which yep. I've seen at, I think, you've lived at, like, three or four places since that place. Yes, I have. How many, how does that thing just travel everywhere you go, the P.S. I Love You poster with Hillary yeah, Swank and Gerard Butler? Yes, it does. It comes with me everywhere I go. <laughs> I was wondering why every time I see you, you're carrying that poster. Yeah, no, I would never leave this poster behind. It is <laughs> the, my actually. I don't know if it's my favorite. It is my favorite movie ever. No, it's is not. it actually? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. But 
I had, I did. I liked it a lot when it came out. My sister bought me this, and because my sister bought me it, that's why it, it oh, stays with me forever. Sentimental connection, yeah. yeah it See, does, I, yeah. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I can't even comment on it. I just think it's funny that you have a PS I Love You poster in your house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, the posters from the Roxy Theater. That's uh, when they were selling their old posters and stuff like that. Oh, there you go. Or Rainbow, one of those theaters. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. probably yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Let's let's go back. Like, so you are a genre fan. Like, you're. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like. I was one of the guys who, when we were looking for more people for the programming committee, I was like, Jay Luke is not only he's my only friend that I can think of that would fit this role, <laughs> and uh, you've been crushing it ever since. You watch every single movie that comes in, and uh, I know the whole team really appreciates you, especially John and Jeff. There's tons of horror movies in that festival. It yeah. originally was a genre festival. Now it's everything. But yeah. horror, where yeah. does horror start for you? So horror starts for me was, uh, well, okay. It was one of the movies when we were going to do the Hong Kong, you know, the, the Hong Kong thing that we're talking about. Yeah. It was called uh, Inner Senses, right? One of my show, but I didn't have the DVD copy and we didn't end up doing it. That movie, I watched it when it came out 2002. So that would be what? Uh, 11, 10, whatever it is. I'll be 10 when it came out. 10, 11 ish. And uh, the main guy of that movie, so it was a pretty scary movie, has a good story and stuff like that. But the main guy of the movie uh, killed himself like half a year after the movie came out. And he was like one of the biggest stars of Hong Kong. And ever since that, it just left like impression. The fact that that movie was like, you know, it was scary and it scared, scarred me as a kid. But and then that emotional connection of someone that I actually admired went and like killed himself after that movie. Yeah. It's just like, okay. And that was it. That started. And I just kept watching more. Uh, when I got to high school, a lot of my uh, high school friends were like really into horror movies. And they would like drag me out to go see movies at the, at the Galaxy and stuff like that, even though that I wasn't fully into it yet. And uh, they would put me into the trunks of cars. So, because there's five of us. Or six of us, and we couldn't fit everywhere. And I would fit in a trunk, and we would go see horror <laughs> movies in this one car. What was it called? Inner Sense. Yeah, Inner Senses. Inner Senses. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was a huge yeah. deal. And like it, it, it the, the the guy, the main guy in that movie was like a huge pop star from the '80s. So think of like Hong Kong's Michael Jackson, basically. Okay. You know? But Hong Kong singers, uh, they always could like act, dance, and sing. They that they'd always do three things. And he was like, you, he was beloved and stuff like that. And yeah, he did the, he had, he was, he was depressed. And I don't know, after that movie came out and he killed himself, everybody was like, oh, you know, it must have been that he was like, he couldn't like leave the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a big thing. Like that left a huge imprint in me. And I've just always been like curious. It's like, okay, why do people watch these movies if they're gonna die <laughs> after <laughs> movies <laughs> kind of thing? So that was it. That was kind of the beginning of it. And then, yeah, and the high school with my friends forcing me to watch horror movies with them. Like, yeah. 30 Days of Night was 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 pretty scary as someone who didn't watch a bunch of them. Seeing, like, the the, vamp, not the vampire little girl. That, yeah, yeah that, that scene, that was another one. I was like, oh, my God. I don't think I want to watch this anymore. But, like, every time my friend's like, yeah, you want to go? Like, no. They're like, yeah, we're coming to get you. We'll be there in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, All right. And so that's 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 kind of like the start of it all. And eventually, uh, it just I just got to the point where I just start researching what is like the best horror movies, and I got to kind of like watch some of it. I was always a big fan of I'm always a big fan of like Kubrick. Yeah. 
But when I saw The Shining, that was probably also it too. It was like, oh yeah, that's it. That's my thing now. Hell yeah, that's awesome. I uh, I just got tickets for December seventeenth in Vancouver. Here they're showing uh, The Shining and Doctor Sleep like Ooh. back to back with Mike Flanagan in attendance. He's gonna do like an intro and a Q and A afterwards and everything. So I bought my tickets. I'm pretty stoked for that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And that place, it's our the Rio Theater. It's just like a couple blocks from my house. And it's like Vancouver's Broadway Theater, you know? But it's <laughs> pretty fucking nice. It's it's awesome. Um, so, but the thing is, like, there's a lot of incredible, like, Chinese, like, Asian horror films. So did that play a role also? Like, did you start digging up uh, movies from, like, wh- where did the Hong Kong appreciation come from? Uh, that actually came later. So... One of the things is like if you grew up in Hong Kong, it's like they, on TV always like play like the TV always plays like Hong Kong movies. Like I guess you got like your TV station that plays old movies and stuff like that. Yeah. So we we would get a bunch of it, and uh, and there was a couple of horror movies that does get through the rotation and stuff like that. And one of them is Out of the Dark. That was the other one that I want to talk about too. But we couldn't find a copy. So someday when I could find a legit copy. Of it, yeah. we watched that one. Uh, but that one came up, and so what happens is like when I moved to Canada when I was 15 uh, and left Hong Kong and stuff like that, uh, I started to be homesick, and I suddenly was like, you know what, I want to watch like Hong Kong movies because I don't get to see them anymore. Suddenly, when you don't get to see them on TV anymore, suddenly you're just like, I want to watch them. Yeah, like it just, I, you know, and so that's kind of the beginning of it, and so I found a copy of Out of the Dark on uh on youtube and i watched the crappy 240p whatever 4080p was and it, it brought back all the memories of just being a kid and like seeing that on tv and stuff like that and then from there on then yeah i start to read up more about like the hong kong horrors and the hong kong movie in general because most kids who grew up in hong kong we don't actually go all our way to watch hong kong movies um everybody watches hollywood movies like all my friends none of them really watch hong kong movies anymore it's a weird dying it is it is like it's it's a weird dying art now uh you know it's kind of sad to see but when i was growing up that was one of the things like my parents generally don't bring me to go see hong kong movies we always go see hollywood movies or we always watch that kind of stuff unless it was inferno affairs that was like one of the movies that every single hong kong person went to see in the theater like that's that was the a, isn't that not the the departed yeah that's the departed the original departed yeah that was a big deal when it came out like every yeah. that was like one of the movies that light up everybody's fire for like Hong Kong movies again, and yeah. everybody went to watch it. But there was a time that Hong movie was kind of dying out, and everybody. And when it comes to horror, like everyone would go watch like Japanese horror because, like, well, The Ring and uh, the, grudge. the Grudge, right? Uh, anyways, but people watch that. People watch Korean horror, kind of stuff, and um, uh, or and that kind of stuff. And so, so Hong Kong, like, they had a market, but it was it was kind of dying out by the time I was like growing up unfortunately you know yeah. so, so a lot of it came was because i was homesick and i was like yeah i want to like read about this i want to watch more of this and that's what that's what got me to watching di the original one and it got me to watching rigor mortis and and uh bewitched and uh what are hong kong movies horrors there's a bunch of them Hor- hong kong generally is like horror comedy like or yeah yeah like well dream home uh it's yeah. like well it's very satirical uh yeah. but yeah i know it was it a chinese ghost story is another one yeah chinese ghost story is a great one yeah yeah cool well yeah so obviously you've you're a well-seasoned film 
uh, watcher. Like you watch a lot of fucking movies. Like you're one of the only people who I can uh, can think of who like would you 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 stand toe to toe with me on a good day. Like like I don't I, think I, so, man. You're nuts. You watch like 300 movies a year. Yeah, but you. Well, I think it's because you watched every single like film festival movie. Yeah, like you you crush those things, but I guess it's also like you take that seriously as when you're told that you need to watch something, you you watch them, uh, well, you take yeah. it very seriously. Well, I mean, I don't like to disappoint people. That <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm all about disappointing people, right, Dad? Amen. Um, you're yeah, right, the well, only one. I mean, I'm an Asian who's not a doctor, lawyer, <laughs> or oh, an yeah, engineer. <laughs> but you can drum in three different genres. Yeah, there you go. Many more genres. Um, <laughs> all right, do you want, let's start talking about movies that we've seen recently. So, Jay, uh, I'm not sure you can talk about whatever you want. Like, if you've if you've seen some horror movies outside the festival, uh, yeah. or if you want to talk about some of the highlights from the festival, I wrote down all the ones that I was able to catch when I flew out there for a couple days. I didn't get yeah. to see as many as I wanted to, but obviously, I was there for three days, and I needed to see movies, family, and friends. <laughs> so it was yeah. pretty tough to fit it all in. But I managed to get, I think. For, I think I got five or six movies in. You got five or six in? Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about the festival first. And then I could talk about what else I also watched. Cool. Well, what? Uh, so what are the ones that st- stand out to you? Did you take some notes or do you want me to just name off fe- festival movies and you can tell me your thoughts? Oh, no, I could tell you which ones stand out for me. Because uh, I know which ones stand out for me. I'm not going to talk about the ones I didn't like. <laughs> okay. uh, I might end up talking about those. if Because uh, <laughs> there's every chance. That we don't always agree on movies. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, the, the standout on me is first thing is the aliens on stage. That was a big yeah. one. Yeah, I was a huge fan on that, and I think anyone who is a fan of Alien really should watch that movie. It will put a smile on your face. It will. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't see someone loving Alien and hate that movie. No, definitely not. And same with like I know a lot of people who aren't even Alien fans who loved it just because they're fans of the creative process and you know it's it's set around a stage play and like a, a bunch of bus drivers who are trying to make a uh an on-stage musical and it's it's just amazing so yeah i definitely loved that movie as well yeah for sure uh so that's a fun one um coming home in the dark was a pretty good one okay i just watched that uh so i didn't get to catch it at the festival but it was yes. on netflix. netflix so that's one that i want to spend a little bit of time on so okay yeah, that one was written and directed by James Ashcroft, and it was co-written by Eli Kent. It's based off the short story of the same name by Owen Marshall. But this, man, that that is so much my kind of movie. Like, And I knew it was going to be that. Like, Even just the, the poster, and then when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, God, this is just, it looks depressing. It looks depraved. This has got me written all over it. Uh, and it is a really really nasty New Zealand horror thriller. A family trip is interrupted by a few seemingly deranged drifters. And uh, yeah, this thing, it's mean. Like, this is a mean-ass movie. And I'd say that it's in line with stuff like Last House on the Left and Alone from last year, uh, which was one that I know that ter- I know Boozy and I really liked. That one came out in 2020. Um, but yeah, Daniel Gillies, who he plays, uh, he's like, he's Mary Jane's boyfriend in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh he's like yeah he's the one who he's got like barely any speaking lines but that's who that's he went on to create to be this character and fuck he's one of those guys that when you see him on screen you're just like oh man like i i just loved him i like obviously i hated the character but (laughs) he has so much character 
and uh, the the backstory, everything about it. I I fucking loved coming home in the dark. Yeah, and your I, thoughts? I I know I liked it a lot. I problem with me is I think the other programmers hyped it up too much for me, unfortunately. So kind of like what I just did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not. I, I'm I think a weird, they, I'm a weird I think dude. It's not even overhyping it. I think some people like they're just gonna connect to things differently. Like I, I guess so. Yeah, and so sometimes that, but that does happen to me. So when someone like really hypes up movies, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I could see why this is you love this, but it didn't. But I, I did. It's a lot of parts that hit me. It just didn't hit me as hard as I wanted it to. But also. I have I have a hard time with accents in general. Yeah, I, I just do. So there were definitely scenes of that movie where I had no idea what he was talking about at all. And I, I watch every movie that I watch at home. I watch with subtitles on. So uh, yeah, that's what that's what I do too. But my friend, my my buddy was like, "You're crazy! Like you can't tell." I was like, "I think I could tell. I just want to know for sure. I yeah. heard it right." No, for sure. And that that is one of those movies where it's like you could miss a pretty important or nasty detail. That like when they're talking about where they came from or how they know each other, and uh, it really did help. Like I, I have no idea if I would have had trouble understanding them because they have pretty thick New Zealand accents. And uh, but I, I didn't have any problem with it because I was reading it the whole time. Yeah, uh, but I can yeah I can understand that. Yeah, I definitely probably will re- I will rewatch it for sure. And when I rewatch it, I definitely would have subtitles in. But yeah, that's a it's a very intense, really well done gut punch movie for sure. So yeah. Far. For anyone who likes being gut punched, um, yeah, and depressed, I, and depressed, you know, and, like, and, it, just, and yeah. it picks up so quick, man. Like I was like, oh, it's gonna be one of those like slow burn, <laughs> and it, it, it's like, it literally, literally with a bang, <laughs> it's like uh, holy shit. <laughs> oh yeah, there was audience member afterwards was like, I almost left the theater when the first shot went off. <laughs> well, because yeah, you you wonder, it's like how. F- <laughs> Oh God, yeah. So I I highly recommend checking out Coming Home in the Dark if you're if you're uh, generally into the movies that I like, like the very like I don't know. I put it in line with something like it's like a Blue Ruin, but a horror movie, and yeah. yeah so that's like just speaking my language. Loved it. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I like the feast. I know you were. I know you guys were like lukewarm with it, but I did like the feast. No, I I okay. So that's another one. Yeah, I wrote it down. So that's a it's a slow burn Welsh folk horror movie. So like yes, the true. the theme this year was uh, folk horror. So we played a bunch of like there's a couple of older films, Clear Cut and um, Eyes, on Fire. Eyes, Eyes of Fire. Did you did yeah. you stick around for Eyes of Fire? No, unfortunately, all the those old ones they play at the late night, and yeah. I like I couldn't oh, stay late. Unfortunately. That's exactly- I only stayed for one late one and I left halfway through because I was like, I know that I'm not giving this the attention it deserves and we'll get to it. But oh, uh, yeah, I yeah, know like, which one it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing this movie like it's it's unfair for me to watch a movie like this, like where I'm just like burnt out. I was That was a night where I was like had a big family supper and everything. So I was just exhausted playing with my nieces and nephew. Um, but yeah, the feast, it's you explain the feast. You You take this one away. Okay, so it's uh, wait, it's Welsh, right? It's oh. Welsh, yeah. Yeah, Welsh. Um, this rich family is trying to pe- prepare a feast, you know, and they're inviting like their friends and stuff over to have. And the mom has this girl to come help her prepare, you know, the food, basically. But from the first shot that the girl walks in, you could just tell like something's off. And as the movie goes on, you start to figure out what's going on and who this girl actually is. 
And then, so it's a slow burn movie that eventually goes into like some pretty interesting directions. Gross out horror. Like it's Gross like out, art, yeah. it's like art house gross out horror. And like when you think the feast, like if you're one of those people who hates the sound of people eating, oh yeah, yeah. this this one's gonna get to you. <laughs> and I'm one of those people. Like I don't particular, I don't love it. I can tell you that I don't, yeah. I don't love listening to people eat, but. It's like what they're eating sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and uh, I think that's, yeah, I, I was just, uh, I was a little, I, I had heard, so it's kind of like what you just said. It was a little overhyped. Like for me, I had heard from yeah. a couple of people involved with the festival that it was the best horror movie we were showing this year. Yeah, but and, in, in my defense, I didn't get to see it. So it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> that was no, the first type for me too. <laughs> also, it's, I I think that that's amazing that we have a, we have a, festival with so many people involved who like very rarely does everyone agree that a certain movie is the best movie of the year that's what yeah. makes the festival so good and oh, so yeah. eclectic because like it's the only festival where you can go to like i i that's not true it's just it's it's really good at being a festival where the audiences may be divided and drastically yeah. divided <laughs> Yes. Masking threshold is I know oh. I, I I didn't watch it, but I saw the audience walk out and yeah. I was like, God damn, I wish I would have watched it. Yeah. So that's the one that I want to talk about next because I loved Masking Threshold. Oh, you and John both. So Masking Threshold is what this one's called. Yeah. Masking Threshold is actually one the higher ones on my list this year. I loved it. And luckily, one of my friend, the one friend that agreed to come see it. Also loved it, so I invited the right kind of person to go see it. Um, it is a movie of a guy who has tinnitus, and he locks himself in the basement, and he does different experiment to figure out what changes the pitch of his tinnitus, basically. And you just, it's a slow burn movie where you watch this guy slowly loses his mind, and I love it because it's and like it's 80- POV, isn't it? It's a POV movie. It is, yeah, POV movie. It's like eighty percent like macro shots like it's all like a lot of zoom ins a lot of really 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 close camera angles and stuff like that and it's very uncomfortable it's it it really uncomfortable it will definitely creep into well i mean i don't want to say definitely but it creep into my skin very grossed out (laughs) i I watched i watched the people walk out of the theater because uh i think the feast was playing right after that no it was uh it was something else in between that you watched before that yeah okay either way like i watched the audience walk out and it was it was like everyone was vocal there were people say like there were there was people in a corner trying to like like they were talking about everything that they loved about it and then there were some people saying it was one of the worst movies they've ever seen in their life oh yeah exactly yeah i love when it's that when it's that drastic (laughs) and that's what the ballot show too like it's like either four or fives or like ones that's it there was like (laughs) no threes it was like yeah and I, I loved it. I, I think anyone who wants a very different approach to watching someone lose their mind should check out the movie. I think it's I think it's very good. I really awesome. do. Yeah. Cool. So masking threshold. Masking uh, threshold. What other ones you want to talk about? Uh, two more. Uh, well, actually, one's not a horror movie. Never mind. The one that you missed, Baby Assassins. I love that one, but that's not a horror movie. That's just. I heard really movie. good things about that one, and that that was the one that you were you were really pulling for. I was, yeah, that was the one. That was my choice. Like they asked. Let's like, talk about it a bit. Okay, so uh, for my role, the the festival, I get to really just push for one or two movies. That's kind of what I get to do. And Baby Assassins was my choice. It's this uh, Japanese movie of two teen girls 
who uh, they're assassins. That's their that that's what they do for a living. They don't and kill babies though, or do no, they? they don't, no, they don't kill babies. No, no, they're just assassins. So they, I don't know why it's called baby assassins to be honest. Because they're teenagers, they're baby because, faces, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, probably. So yeah, so think of like two cute Japanese girls who are like they're professional assassins, and the agency is making them live together as roommates now that they've just graduated high school. And they also re- asked them to like get a part-time job so that they could like, uh, what's the word, blend in with the society. So you get to see these two like sociopaths who are so good at killing people and are trying to be normal people <laughs> in, well, in Japan. And it's it's uh, it's a action comedy, which I don't, which is one of my favorite things to watch. Like if I run the festival, it's probably going to be an action comedy festival. Yeah, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pure Mr. and Mr. Smith. That's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just on repeat, 19 times. And 19 times. That's gonna be my festival for sure. But and that was it. And it 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 has it's just a very good black comedy, very funny stuff. Uh also has probably one of the best fight scenes in the whole year. Crazy. I really better than malignant. So. Oh man, Malignant's fight scene is different. Yeah, no, it's not better than Malignant. It's different. <laughs> I uh man. I love Malignant. I uh, yes, thank fuck. I'm a big fan. Nice of to have Malignant. some someone who's sane on the podcast. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I showed it to my friends, and they're like, I don't know. I think this would be funner if we all saw it in people like in person together. Yeah, for I'm sure. Like, I guess I was like, I guess so, but like, Still but great. it's amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, they didn't like it as much. That's as the I Hollywood did. masking <laughs> threshold this year. Yeah, for, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, Malignant's amazing. I also could talk about Malignant probably the whole podcast too. I yeah, I love I, that movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but yes, it's different. Like like Baby Assassin's fight scenes is more grounded. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah, so but but, it, <laughs> but it's but it's it's very well done. And for people who likes fight scenes, like you know, you should watch the movie. It's not going to be the best ever, obviously, because yeah. Uh, Rate Redemption already won that. Terminator uh, <laughs> 2, Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max has no fight scene. What are you talking about, man? Mad Max Fury Road is all fight scene. Mad Max Fury Road is all chase scenes. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> you're right. I will say you're right. For talking about action movies. But yeah, but uh, but yes, uh, Baby Assassins. Yeah, for anyone who wants to watch people fight, want to watch cute girls do kawaii stuff, you know, this is the movie. And I'm glad because the audience thought the same way. Like someone came out and was like, thank you for choosing something so wholesome. I was like, great. Now wholesome. And it's called baby assassins. I love yeah, that. That's the thing. That's that's the crazy part of that movie. It's like it shouldn't be wholesome, but it is very wholesome. It's very cute and very funny. Why you watch people these two girls kill people. Anyways. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm sold. And 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 now the, the last highlight is sadness, the one that you walked out halfway through. The sadness. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think sadness is actually the sadness is my favorite movie of the whole festival. Really? Yeah. That one awesome. end up my favorite. Yeah. I really ah, fuck. Yeah. See, I can't I really want to watch it, but I was like falling asleep and it's like imagine how because that movie takes no time to start getting nuts. Like I could talk no. about the first 20 minutes, but I'm not going to. But oh, I just yeah. I really can't wait to to finish it because I know that I'm going to end up digging it. Uh, but I, yeah, I, it was. Yeah, no, no, for sure. No, I, uh, I, if you're sleeping through that movie, you definitely should not be watching that movie. And that's insane that you were so tired to sleep through that movie because the sadness is, it's, it's just intense from beginning to end. I think it's one of 
the smartest zombie movie that's written in a long time. Train to Busan was great. Like, I love Train to Busan, but I think Sadness was smarter. Okay, but better? <sighs> I don't know. Depending on what you're looking for in a movie. Yeah, objectively. I, I think it's yes. tough to top Train. It, it's tough to top, but, but, I, okay. This you is loved my, it. It's yes, sorry, I, I love it. But, but here, here's the thing of why I love the sadness, okay? So other than the fact it has a cool twist with the zombie thing, uh, I don't know if I should, like, explain what the cool twist is at all, but... No. Okay, but basically it's, like, it has a cool twist in, in a movie, and... Wait, do they show in the trailer? Because the trailer makes it look like the happening, but what you probably thought you were going to get from the happening, it looks like everyone's killing themselves. Everyone's killing everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they don't kill the ones that have been infected. Oh, yeah, but 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 the movie explains eventually. There's like an expo exposition scene at the end that does explain a little more. And it was weird when you watch it. That was one thing that I was like, eh, I don't know. Do they have to explain so many things? But it actually ended up being what stuck with me after the movie that made me thought, you know what? Actually, man, now I'm sad. Like it, it, <laughs> it like I, I I empathize with the zombies. Like when I watch zombie movies, I don't generally empathize with the zombies. He's like, no. yeah, okay, it's Unless fun to watch. The dead. Yeah, so it's fun to watch them get killed. It's fun to just like see them get roam over or stuff like that. But this movie actually, if you dig it, you will feel bad for the zombies. And I did. I felt very bad for some, not all of them, but there are some that I think about them, and I go, man, like that is rough. That like yeah. I, <laughs> I I was actually like, yeah, I was sad for the zombies. I think this is one of the first movies first zombie movies that i was sad for zombies if that, if that makes sense yeah and, and so that's the twist for me that's one of the things i really loved about it on top of like the crazy action and but and the last thing is it had one of the best zombie villains ever like there is a specific villain that's a zombie in the movie and he is badass he's absolutely disgusting he's absolutely just like despicable and i love him like every scene yeah. he comes up i was like oh my god i can't I don't want to see what this guy's going to do, but I really also want to see what this guy's going to do because it's just everything. Like, he's just so gross and so cool at the same time. So that's another thing about sadness that I, I think a lot of zombie movies don't have because a lot of times the main villain is, like, another guy. Like, he's another yeah. guy. There's always another human messing up another human, right? It's always, like, oh, the scariest thing is the humans. the humans, which is cool. Like, I like that kind of stuff. You know, I'm a huge fan of myths and all that kind of those movies and all that yeah but you know seeing a zombie actually being the guy you're just like oh yeah yeah <laughs> well I, i'm pretty sure this was this the one that john threw a trigger warning on before because like yes, yeah i think a lot of festivals are doing it too because this is this is one of those movies that's being discussed as like one of the most extreme movies of the last couple of years and like there's some we show extreme shit every year at that festival Boy. so it's uh yeah it's <laughs> i i can't wait to watch it fuck I, I feel bad that i was falling asleep no you don't feel bad but yeah i i highly recommend i, I wasn't I really... falling asleep because i thought it was bad i was falling asleep because i was exhausted i understand <laughs> that but that's crazy how tight you were because it's, it's yeah it's so nuts uh one thing though like i don't think it's the most graphic movie ever made uh, just yeah. putting it out there. If you're if you're watching the movie because you're expecting to see like a suburban film film kind of thing, I don't think you're gonna see that. Um, they're not like I'm not saying it's not graphic. It's very graphic, but there are also a lot of scenes where it's implied what they're doing. 
Yeah. And I thank God for them not showing whatever the hell they're doing because, uh, yeah, some of the things that does happen in the movie, I'm like, oh my God, they are going there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's but they're I've not. Heard. But they're like, oh, they're not showing it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> they're gonna I, make you think that that's happening. So you're made. You're they're painting the picture for you in your head, which is almost worse. What? Yeah. Probably. What <laughs> I usually I do appreciate though kind of movie. I do appreciate when movies make you think, and because I have seen some letterbox people were like disappointed at them not showing the extreme extreme stuff, but I was like, yeah. really? The rest of the movie's not extreme enough for you? Like, how? <laughs> okay, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, I'm done talking about sadness. Uh, go watch it if you love. Awesome. It. Um, I just have two more that you didn't mention that I saw at the festival that I want to give mention to. Uh, one is what was the overall theme of the festival being full core. Uh, they showed the woodlands dark and days bewitched a history of full core. Uh, so this is the three hour and 15 minute documentary that I've been just dying to see. I, I can't, I couldn't wait for it. Cause I, I love full core. Uh, it's a, like, I think we've gotten some really solid full core movies this year with antlers and then, uh, you know, even debatably the feast. Yeah. This one, I was just really looking forward to some, I'm, favorite modern horror movies like Robert Eggers, the witch and, you know, midsummer, all that kind of stuff. They, they delve in a, like it's full court. This documentary is incredibly dense and it's like a very, it shows how important the subgenre is in horror. And it's, this is a very academic and informative look into this kind of stuff. And it's featuring just tons of very nerdy ass people. <laughs> so you're, it's, it's a kind of, I could see it being really dry for a lot of people. I liked it. But I think that it could have easily been an hour and a half shorter. Uh, I think it got a little repetitive. Uh, it was very needlessly overlong. And uh, they could have easily, yeah, they could have easily cut this thing in half. And some of the material I thought that I initially thought was really, really interesting. Like they show, they start off talking about like the specifically the what's known as the unholy trinity, which is Blood on Satan's Claw, The Wicker Man and Witchfinder General. Uh, so those are movies that I absolutely fucking love. Like, I love Witchfinder General and The Wicker Man in particular. But this thing, like, those three movies really cover almost everything that there is to know about folk horror. And it's nice hearing people talk about other films and explore similar territory. But the time that they spend on those other movies, it's like this was already kind of this conversation was kind of covered in the Unholy Trinity. Like, it almost would have been cool having a, a really dense hour and a half or sorry, really tight hour and a half uh, just on the unholy trinity. It was cool seeing, you know, uh, Robert Eggers like in the film actually talking about full core. And um, this is one of those ones that I think, I think it'll grow on me over time. And I'm I'm, I'm certain I'm going to watch it again at some point, but it's going to, it's kind of like a coffee table book. Like, you know, I, you have, like I have so many of these like cinema books or like Star Wars art books or something that you just have on the coffee table and you open it up and you can flip through. You could go to the middle of the book and you'll just look at something, carry on with your day. I think Woodlands is going to be one of those ones where it'd be great to have on in the background while you're cleaning your house, while you're like doing laundry or doing something. But sitting in a theater for that long is uh, it's it's a trek, uh, specifically when it's covering this kind of material. It's not like, you know, when you see like what's another like there's been i don't know this is a really bad comparison but wolf of wall street it's like a three-hour movie it doesn't it feels like it's like 25 minutes like it uh, not one time have i i've seen the movie so many times and not once has it felt longer than an hour and a half because it's so fast-paced oh no uh, yeah. this is not one of those cases it's a documentary it's a very academic documentary 
And uh, I still recommend checking it out, but I think you should definitely wait for it to be at home so that you can pause it, take some breaks, or, you know, fill up your coffee or stretch your legs because uh, it's, uh, it's a long one. So that yeah. is Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror. The last one I'm going to talk about today is the beta test, which uh, we we both saw that one together. Yeah, we saw it together. That was the only did, one we saw together. Yeah. Did you see it prior? Like it was. Yes, like, did I you did. see it two times now? So yeah, that's my second time. Yeah. So now you say that you didn't. Uh, you're not going to talk about the ones you didn't really like. Did you not like the beta test? Oh no! I mean, like it wasn't like my highlight. Like I liked yeah. it, but it's not like out of all the ones I want to talk about, that wasn't one yeah. that like that. That one's like a, a middle of a. It's a middle role for me. You know, I like it, but I didn't like really, really like it, or I would say I love it. It's not like sadness. Like I love sadness. I love yeah. baby assassins. I love masking threshold. I love alien on stage. Yeah, and I I think you're entirely accurate there. The I think the reason I was just uh, wanted to talk about this one, I was so excited for it is because it was written and directed by Jim Cummings, who uh, previously did The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which is a movie that I know Boozy and I really... Or I think Boozy, Kyle, and I all really like. Yeah, I like um, that one too. Yeah, I definitely like that one much, much more than this. The synopsis is he's an engaged... An, an engaged Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, infidelity, and digital data. Uh, I don't think that that even really sums the movie up very well. <laughs> it's just, uh, <laughs> I think this one, I had a really good time with it. Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it succeeded in everything you're setting out to do. I think that's also just, uh, this is going to be another one of those ones where you're either going to really fucking hate it or you'll you'll just enjoy it because it comes down to if you like Jim Cummings and if you're still okay with watching Jim Cummings be Jim Cummings because that's what he's doing again. And I happen to be one of those people who thinks he slays at comedy. Uh, oh, I yeah. think he's super funny. Like a lot of people, like I, we saw this with uh, Jesse, like Jambi, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he hated Wolf of Snow Hollow. I'm yeah. pretty sure he said this was better than a Wolf of Snow Hollow, but really, I was like laughing a couple times because like I was laughing harder because I'd look over at him and he'd be just so <laughs> just annoyed. Like he was just hating every second of it. And I think it's just he really doesn't like Jim Cummings' comedy. A lot of people don't. And I understand that. I think also a lot of people think that he's a bad actor. And I think those people are fucking what? insane. Oh, yeah. Well, they there's a, I've read a lot of reviews of people being like, that this because the movie is based around him yeah. being kind of a narcissist yeah and it's like he he is not the characters that he plays he plays a pretty similar character every once in a while but uh i guess you know three times in a row now but the thing that sets this one apart from thunder road and wolf of snow hollow is he's really hateable in this one like he's well, he's such a dick and that's oh, the yeah. point of the movie if you're into <laughs> hollywood culture at all or like there's there's tons of entourage jokes in this thing and he's basically playing ari gold uh that should be all that you really need to hear to see if you're going to check it out he sets him up for failure here by playing such a piece of shit like he's just oh, he such does. an awful person oh and yeah. it's like it's hard to care about it at all but for me i was just kind of laughing because there was those moments <laughs> where he'd be taking jabs at Hollywood agents or like those types of Hollywood people. And uh, I don't know. I, I liked it. It's it's a middle of the road for me as well, though. I wouldn't give it a super glowing review, but uh, I'm still looking forward to see what he does next. But I think he's got to switch it up a little bit. I, I think he's better when he tries to make his movie like spookier. Like I really liked 
uh, Woofos Snow Hollow because yeah. I think the spooky moments are done well. Yeah, and you know, I, like in the beta test, he does still have those really really cool shots that he does. Yeah. Like the the surround uh, going He's to the circles up. Established his style. Yeah, and I love watching that. Like I love watching his camera works in his movies. Like the the, the things he come out are those are still entertaining to watch. But yeah, I. But as a story, I think he should just stick to writing like scary movies. I think he should write another scary movie. I really think so. Yeah, well, I, like I, it's hard to disagree with you there because I fucking loved Wolf of Snow Hollow so much. But uh, I don't. Know, I think he. I also wouldn't mind just seeing him stay behind the camera for a movie or i guess uh, so yeah that we get to yeah yeah like I, I i like him but i think his uh his shtick it, it's gonna get old for people really quick and uh, well i guess some people like i don't know even me like i'm a big fan and uh the beta test i was like yeah well, he's kind of just doing doing that thing again yeah and it's uh i don't know if it's gonna have legs no i yeah i don't think this one's gonna i i, I really don't think this one's gonna catch as much of uh wolf of snow hollow no yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, those are the last ones I wanted to mention today. So if you want to mention Ooh. a couple more, uh, for feel the festivals free. or whatever, just talk oh. about whatever, man. Talk about whatever. All right, then. Well, actually, I watched a, sh- a lot since COVID. I actually, I listened to a lot of your podcasts. I'm making down your list of like terror table favorites movies. Yeah. I finally watched some of the heavy hitters in horror. I've never seen uh, Exorcist until like this year. The original? Yeah. Holy fuck. I've never seen it until this year. And I don't know how I never seen it because it's amazing. I Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Stone Cold masterpiece. It is. Like it is that ending of that movie is one of my favorite horror endings now. I love the ending so much. I was just like, what? How I've never seen this. This is so badass. I'm I'm kind of like shocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you've seen a lot, and I'm just I, no. Oh. Like I love that you just got to it now, and it still worked so well for you. Oh, it worked like, so well. And is that? I mean, like all the creepy parts are still creepy, but I really love the ending. I just love yeah. how it sets up to that last exorcist scene. How you know? I don't. Like, could I? I'm sure everyone's seen this movie. Yeah. But the the, Go the, hard. the, the, the fact that like you know this guy who's losing his faith you know, decides to take on Satan, you know, and then, and and then this badass, like, priest comes up and does it, and he dies midway, I'm like, what? I love yeah. that twist so much, and then the guy, like, my name was like, you know, just, like, uh, possessed me instead, he was gonna sacrifice himself to go yeah. to hell, because he, kills, he was gonna kill himself, I love that, I was like, oh my god, he's, he's gonna go to hell to save this girl, I, I yeah, yeah, you know, and then, and then and then and then to have the uh, one of the other priests come at last moment so he gets to confess so he doesn't actually go to hell, man. They don't write endings like that anymore. Like I think that's like they don't make movies that good. Like it, make, it's yeah. it's really one of the best movies ever made. Like in all genres, I firmly believe that. Like now, imagine think about your reaction to that in 2021. And now think about seeing in 1973 when there's like no other movies to even oh, compare yeah. to it. Oh yeah, for it's sure. Crazy. I would, I will, man, it's such a, it's an awesome movie. I loved it. Um, you know, I watched, I never seen actually Nightmare on Elm Street either too, I think until this year. Are you fucking serious? The I'm, original? I'm, I'm oh, serious. Crazy. I'm, I'm, I love I'm, it. I'm not, I'm not kidding, man. I was making like last year when I went at the festival, I told you I finally watched the Blair Witch Project. That was like that was the first time last year. I am making down your favorites. I am actually, I'm not kidding. So I, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street finally. I see why everybody you know loves it so much. Uh, I watched Salo because of Scott's 
uh, episode with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to check it out. And what I were, did. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that one? Let's talk about Salo, uh, 100 oh, Days of Sodom. Oh, great. My thoughts on it. I actually, I thought it was a very good movie. I love, yeah. I, 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 okay, love is the wrong word, but I, I appreciated it. I appreciate it a lot. I, there's a lot of things about it. I think it's very dreamy. That weird yeah. thing to say. It's a very dreamy movie, and it's, those moments are great. I'll, and, and all the end of the moment that was on the poster, like if you've seen a poster and you've seen the movie, you would know what I'm talking about. But you haven't. I don't know if I should tell you what happens. But did it make you hungry? Oh yeah, very much so. I, I you got I went, very hungry you had to go I, get some chocolate I, ice cream afterwards. Yeah, I, I, God, I ate some chocolate ice cream afterwards <laughs> with like a full brownie fudge. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I, I think it's super well done. I think if you like art house, girls out movies, uh, it, you know, I think you should check it out. Uh, but it is definitely hard to watch. What uh, what else I watch? I finally watched The Guest. Oh, yeah, baby. I Thoughts. watched The Guest. I, I, I was a big fan of the ending of The Guest. The yeah. moment they got to the, the end and then it was hall and then they had to go through the, um, uh, the haunted maze to get to the hall. And then it was just like all the, all that mist, yeah, in the, the hall, fog. all the fog. Yeah, I, 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 I was a big, big fan of that. Have you seen oh. Halloween yet? John Carpenter's Halloween. I saw that last year. That was also like one of the ones I was going down with. I've watched that for a reason too. Yeah. Okay. And so what about I, Hall- Halloween three? Season I have the witch. I have not seen Halloween three yet. Okay, you got to put that near the top of your list. But uh, there's tons of homages to ha- Halloween three and Halloween and Terminator in that movie. Well, well did I I got the Terminators ones and I got yeah. the Halloween ones, but I didn't realize that there was also Halloween three homage. So I I'll definitely check out that one too. But yeah, the guess was my, it was great. It was a very very good movie. Uh, I think out of all the ones that you guys in your tops that I watched, I didn't like was The Strangers. Yeah, that and that's totally fair. That's the one that comes down for everyone. Like, yeah. man, that is such a divisive movie. And yeah. I don't, I doesn't I make a lot of sense it. to me. I appreciate it, but I think The Dark and the Wicked is a way better movie. What? That's, that oh is God. what I feel. Yeah, you're a psychopath. <laughs> I think <laughs> The Dark and the Wicked is a way better movie than The Strangers. But here's my reason. All right. And I probably got to be, people are going to hate me for saying this, but. Liv is so Liv Tyler is so useless in the movie. She's so useless to what the was point. she supposed to be? It, but it's such I, a realistic take on it. I don't know, man. Like for me, I I like watching these kinds of movies, but when the main person is as useless as Liv, I all I could it just takes me out. Like I just takes me out every time she's on this on the screen. Yeah. And so I love all the parts without her. Like I love the, you know, whenever the, the mask guys came in, I was like, this is cool. You know, they, 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 when they were like menacing going around, I love all that stuff. I love the banging noise. All that was really effective with me. It spooked me hard. I'll keep but, that in mind next time I'm in the city. <laughs> but when Liv, <laughs> when Liv Tyler was just so useless, I, I couldn't, I got made me so mad. I, it's, it's a different mad. that mad I like, like sadness is the mad that I like. Yeah, like, I, like it was like a man's like, yeah, okay. You're getting fr- you're getting frustrated with her. Yeah, but because you think you'd be able to do better. I think that would be less stupid. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I'd be do better. I still think I'd get killed, but she wasn't even trying. She was just like, please kill me the whole movie. I'm like, anyways, 
Strangers was only one of the ones that I know was higher on the ice list. I, I didn't dig it. I think yep, The Dark Wicked fair. is way better written. I really think so. I love yeah, it. I, I, li- I really like that movie <laughs> as well. But no, it's funny, man, because that's like The Strangers is this one that so many people like Boozy and myself like hold in such high regard because it was like yeah. the movie. It's probably one of the last movies to really fucking scare me because I saw it in the theater when it came out. It still scares me, honestly. I think it's just yes. very the real the realism and knowing that those types oh, of things yeah. actually happen because it's based off multiple different types of real cases. I don't know. It's one like it's like forty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like a lot of people hate that movie. Oh yeah, and my my the things I also it's not just you guys. Like my friends love The Strangers. Like I showed yeah. them The Dark and the Wicked, and the first thing you said was like, I thought, oh, it's like when you said that this is like by the guy made Strangers, you know. But this is I was good because you do yeah, Jay, you do. This is something that <laughs> a lot of people, more people should do. But you do Discord nights where we'll have movie do, nights yeah. with your pals. Yeah. And I know I had, uh, I I think, I think we had watched Dream Home and then I had to go to bed because I had to work the next day yes. and then you showed them The Dark and the Wicked. I did, yes. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was not going to be a happy night. <laughs> yeah, what a punishing evening. <laughs> That's the way I like to roll it. But and yeah. the midnight movie, the midnight screening, P.S. I Love You. P.S. I Love You is a very sad movie. Uh, so <laughs> it would actually, <laughs> it would actually it would fit, it, fit right in. It would fit right in, yeah, but yeah. So that's 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 th- those ones are heavy hitters. I think I cover all the heavy hitters, but one that you guys don't talk about at all, which end up being one of my favorite horror movies the last five years, is the remake of Suspiria. Oh, I I I put it on my top ten the one it, year I think you put you had a three and a half is what you gave it on. Letter. Oh, that. It, that was the first time. I, is it still that? Because I, I don't know. That's, that, that's what I, I saw. Had, yeah. I had and, this conversation actually on Friday night. Like we had some yeah. people over, and uh, a person was over, and we were talking about like all my movies in my collection, and uh, I have both the Suspiria movies. And yeah. there are there are like I love Dario Argento Suspiria. There yeah. are days where like I think I might like the remake more now. Like I, watching cool. it at home was a whole different experience than watching it at the Roxy. Because keep in mind, I I did. I watched that. It was in a no, it was November. It was fucking freezing cold, and I saw yeah. it at, at midnight at the Roxy. <laughs> so so it's like, tired. Oh my god, tired. And then that that's a lot. That movie is not short. And, oh uh, no, it's not. Yeah, it's very. But slow. No, I I yeah. love that movie now. Yeah, again, that that one's grown on me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but that's that's one that you guys don't talk a lot. But I love Suspiria. I, I watched it because Jason Hamill talked to me about it. He was like, Yeah. I was like, it's like, I know you love uh, Radiohead. Like, have you seen Suspiria? I was like, no. And he's like, you should watch Suspiria. Because I didn't watch it because I know because I saw your loop, not lukewarm, but you liked it. And I know Scott Hamilton was a big fan of it. And on top of it, one of my friends who writes uh, movie reviews, uh, I'm not dragging him down because he writes some great stuff on his website with his brothers. Um, but he hated the movie. And I generally mean him have similar tastes. Yeah. So when I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm probably gonna hate it, but no, I loved it. I think it's one of the best of the last five years. I but when I watch it, I definitely realize that I think which movie is my thing. Like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> like when I, was, when I was watching, I was like, I think which movies might be my favorite thing because that was it. Like that clicked yeah. to me. I was like, this is so good. Like this is so mesmerizing. And then it started clicking. It's like that's why I love Miss Summer more than oh. I probably shouldn't say that on your podcast. <laughs> no, I, I and see, I, I'm a guy who I love both Hereditary and Midsummer. Oh yeah, but I, I like, I, I'm a big fan of Hereditary. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I love 
Midsummer. I would and say that, that heredi- Hereditary is almost more witchy than Midsummer. I don't know. For me, Midsummer is more a witch movie. For me, uh, yeah. but I but you know I probably just have to rewatch Hereditary again. But I love Midsummer. I remember coming out of that theater and all my friends was like, "Oh, that was pretty good. It's not as good as Hereditary." And I didn't say anything because I was like, "Really? Huh?" <laughs> yeah, you liked it way more. <laughs> I loved it. I love, but yeah, but I love Suspiria. I it, it's amazing. I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it. it's great. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's take a short little break and then we're going to get on to our main feature where we're going to be talking about the eye from 2002. And then we're going to have some crazy fucking whiplash and talk about <laughs> Dream Home, a completely different type of Hong Kong film. Uh, so we will see you guys on the other side. And welcome to our main feature presentation where we're going to be talking about The Eye from 2002 and Dreamhouse from 2009. But kicking off with The Eye, let's uh, kick it over to Jay Luke. So Jay, why did you choose The Eye? I chose The Eye because when I said that in the 2000, there was like a renaissance of like Hong Kong horror movies while like Japan was putting out The Ring and like Korea was putting out what Tales of Two Sisters, something around those time. Yeah. So they're all similar around time. The Eye was like the champion out of like Hong Kong, I think. Like, yeah, it was that movie that put Hong Kong back in the map. Yeah. Oh, and Thailand was putting out uh, Shutter and movies like that. So I forgot a huge, heavy Asian horror movie country. Yeah. So the I was that was it. Like if you think about that early two thousand movies out of Asia, the I was one of them that that got people into watching Hong Kong horror movies again. So that's why I picked it. I, I think. Yeah. yeah. And because you love the Jessica Alba remake, uh, yes, definitely. Have you? Just, you've obviously seen it. I've actually never seen the remake. Me neither. I never got no. through. It. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw the first little bit, but I stopped it. I was yeah. about to be. I was about to fucking snap if you had seen the I remake, but you hadn't seen The Exorcist until now. <laughs> well, I've I've watched a lot of dumb movies. <laughs> this is what I choose. I'm not going to fight you there. It's like okay, how about this? I've never seen The Godfather. Oh, yeah, see that—that's like not, the the not easiest single, one to go to. Not a single one, you know. Everybody tells me I should watch The Godfather. I've never. I've seen Apocalypse Now. I love Apocalypse Now. Yeah. I've never seen The Godfather. I don't know. I just I ne- I haven't had the mood to sit down for three hours to watch a gangster. Actually, that's a lie. I watched a bunch of gangster movies every three hours, but I just haven't watched The Godfather yet. So it's the same thing, and that's why I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to make down my list uh, yeah. of things that I'm supposed to, but I don't know. Sometimes I just like to watch rom-coms and watch people kiss each other, you know? Yeah, that's your that's generally your thing from what I've gathered. I awesome. love rom-com. Love rom-com. I could talk about rom-com all podcasts. Maybe I should have chose a rom-com for this. Yeah, because you could have. Derek Yakumchuk <laughs> got one of these and he chose Ace Ventura. There you go, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, do you want, let's give our uh, listeners a synopsis of the eye. So do you want to take that away as well? So, uh, D.I. is a movie about this uh, young Hong Kong girl who is blind since she was two. And she recently got uh, cornea surgery from and after the surgery, she starts to see things that she's not supposed to see, which are, well, ghosts. And that's that's basically the movie. That's the movie of this girl who has been blind, who can see ghosts now. What but that setting sets for some very, very interesting things, because 
can I do I should I keep going on? Yeah, go. Yeah, this right, is so, yours, baby. So so one of the things I really, really dig about this movie, and especially this setting, I think it's such a smart setting because she, this girl, since she's because she's been blind for two since two, she doesn't know what thing what she's not supposed to see. Yeah. Like like she because she's just learning the, the visual language of the world again. And and in this movie for, for the first time, really. For the first time, really, exactly. And so in this movie, as an audience. Right at get go, when you see ghosts, the audience knew that she was seeing ghosts the first time the ghost showed up, or first time a ghost show up, or anything creepy shows up. But she, but she doesn't. So she goes and interacts with these spirits, with these ghosts. While as an audience member, you're shaking in your seat, going like, "No, <laughs> no, you're not supposed to go over there. You're not supposed to go over there." He's like, "That's a ghost, you dumb fuck." <laughs> And that's I love that setting. I think is one of the smartest settings for a ghost movie. I think it's so smart because like it creates so much tension. If you as an audience member, if you pick up the cues, and that's another thing that I'm, I want to talk about a little bit, like uh, there's because like Asian movies does have different cues and then uh, uh, Western horror movies. So yeah. when you watch it, you guys might not pick up as many cues, but for me, who's ingrained with that kind of culture, there's certain scenes immediately. They're just goosebumps comes because I know, I know you're not supposed to touch those. I know you're not supposed to be that close to certain things. And she is, she doesn't know. And you're just like, oh no, you poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the lead who's, uh, she played like, uh, her character is Wong is played by Angelica Lee, who I think is like, this movie kind of lives and lives on her, her shoulders. Like she is really fucking good in this movie so this is the second time i've seen it because uh i watched both of these movies when we were planning on doing this episode like about a year ago and uh so i revisited it last night and yeah i really liked it the first time but i think it grew on me a little more the second time because i think this is like pretty much echoing everything you just said it's very smart it's a bit this is a very intelligent horror movie and i think the it's the thing that I like most about it is it taps into a sweet spot of mine that you don't see all the time. And that's like really sweet ghost stories. And yeah. it's like, even though this, like there are like terrifying moments. If I would have seen this when I was a kid, it would have wrecked me. And yeah. I know cause I had one friend uh, who was from the Philippines and he was a very big fan of this movie. And I know that has nothing to do with like, <laughs> I know, I know how different that is, but this is, he was very passionate about this movie saying it's one of the scariest movies he's ever seen and he would he had told me about scenes and just like described it to me and even him just describing it was so like chilling for me growing up like i would have been 12 years old when this movie came out yeah and uh i think yeah above everything it's just it's a very very chilling and beautiful ghost story uh but it doesn't skimp out on the actual like the jump scares and like, you know, I think you you're probably right in saying that there's well, you're definitely right that there's always going to be a little bit of a cultural divide uh, yeah. when for, you know, like a North American audience or Western audience to be to be like consuming these types of films like yeah. there's fear is a universal language. It just so happens yeah. to be different everywhere else. And uh, there's a lot of like really that that's where I see watching this movie. I was trying to find other movies that I've seen later that were clearly inspired by this. And there's a lot of them. Like there's, this is one of those movies where you can blink and you can miss something. 
specifically a, a one shot that kind of comes to mind is when they're on a subway and they, yeah. it doesn't. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it I doesn't really go anywhere. No, because uh, I was going to talk about that shot, too. Yeah, it's an amazing shot. Yeah. And it's like right at the beginning when the, the scene starts and it's yeah. like right there in oh, the, not in the even window. beginning. It actually comes back. Usually. Oh they wait the timing is different like it's yeah. like the scene changes and it's like wait a minute was there something like behind her and then yeah, yeah i was just like oh fuck yeah that totally was but yeah but there's a story element of why that happened that way at least i think it is okay, okay so let's hear let, let's let, okay so you're, you're talking about the subway scene where you see the ghost face behind right yeah, yeah. okay cool uh and that was after uh that was the after a death of a pretty uh, a, not it is a pretty important a young character that we we get to interact through the whole movie, and finally it was like a devastated scene. And then the next scene is the uh, the, the that subway scene. I think the reason that we don't get scared by that part, it's not meant to be scary it's because that's the moment she decided that she's not going to be scared anymore. Yeah, oh, I guess so. Because eh? that yeah. isn't like third act. Exactly. So at that point, I, it makes perfect sense that that's not supposed to scare you. It's just something that just kind of happens. But always, as us as an audience member, we're still like, "What is that? Oh, that's a pretty freaky face." But for her, that's the moment she's like, "I'm not going to be scared anymore because I see it anyways. I see ghosts anyways. I'm just gonna like deal with it." Yeah, but that's how I feel when I watch that movie. If that makes yeah, sense. and she's because yeah, she's accepting it and she's yeah. kind of just surrounded by these spirits, by these ghosts. Yeah, because that's the part after that her good friend, the, the girl, dies. Oh, so she has a, a for anyone never seen this movie, she has a friend that she makes at the beginning of the movie went after her surgery and this little girl you get to interact with her super cute and stuff like that and the, the, the girl has cancer so obviously nothing ends well for this cancer girl <laughs> and so cancer by the girl. Time, that's what she was that's what she was billed as on imdb yeah, as well cancer and, girl yeah and when the cancer girl finally you know bites the dust <laughs> in a movie which is like a big emotional moment. You know, this is when the main character decides that she's no longer going to be scared by spirits because she had a chance to see the cancer girl one more time after cancer girl passed. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, and, I know what you're saying, but fuck. <laughs> Anyways, but so that's the, that's the subway scene, you know? And, and I, I think it's a good, like, part of the story. It is progressing to the point where you know... Yeah, and, and I think a lot of horror movies like this too, right? That you're you're scared you're only scared for like half the movie because after you've seen it enough times, it just usually you're not scared of things anymore. Yeah. Except and, the shining. The shining gets scarier as it goes on. But yeah. <laughs> and so I think it was also very smart in the script that they in they put that in there where it's like as an audience member, you're probably gonna get less scared at you know by that point. And yeah. so there's a shift of tonal shift there. Uh, the movie really gets a big tonal shift from that point of the movie, and you're no longer really terrified of spirits anymore. But the ending has an utter twist that makes you stress for something else, and yeah. I think that's also another very smart part of the movie of understanding the tendency of people and it come when it comes to like jump scares and uh, and tension. Yeah, no, you're entirely right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because it really does just like it kind of reaches a crescendo uh where it just kind of turns into more of like a an emotional 
yeah. adventure kind of like a, a mystery like because what yet yeah. when they go back and they're actually figuring out where these eyes came from yeah. and how they how she got them and what these eyes have seen prior and what it means to for her to have these eyes in her head oh, yeah. now yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's basically it's terrifying. spider-man with goals yeah pretty much it is yeah with, yeah. with, with great responsibility <laughs> yeah with, with great gonna... power comes with great responsibility there you go. yeah finishing a thought that i had before too about uh Clearly, this movie inspired a lot of the filmmakers that I really admire now. Have you had a chance to see The Last Night in Soho yet? Not yet. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything then, but there, there's a, a moment, like a pretty crucial scene in this movie, yeah. where I, I was just like, holy fuck, like that's for sure where Edgar Wright was inspired, at least. Like he was inspired by that. And, that's awesome. Uh, it's, it's a scene that a lot of people... Like I've read, like a lot of people turned on last night in Soho at a certain point. I, yeah. I loved it from start to finish. Like I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's and you can just see you can see the influence that this movie had. Because uh, yeah. and that's one thing I will say, though, is that looking you you have to be forgiving to a certain extent of movies from this era because oh, yeah, the digital, sure. the VFX are pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, but it's the story, the storytelling that's so engaging and beautiful in this movie. Oh, it is. Yeah, I think the script is really, I, I think it's a great script. I really, yeah. I love the story. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You, you, you're right about, it's like watching Hellboy again. And you're like, huh, I remember that first scene being nicer looking. In what, sorry? In Hellboy, like the 2004. Oh yeah, the Guillermo? Yeah, Guillermo's yeah, Guillermo, Hellboy. Yeah, and when like Hellboy was like climbing, I rewatched it again, I think a few years ago, and I was like, oh man, CGI really isn't holding up anymore. No, and that, that's still a great movie, and so is Golden Army, but like, uh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean, but like this one, they were toying with a lot of visual effects that hadn't really been... Uh, no, perfected yeah. yet and you yeah. you can see it through and through in this movie and i think that's one of those things that's gonna deter a large audience like i think looking back on it now it's going to be hard to to sell people on it but you if you're just down for the ride and you're down for the story it's it's a really great movie um, yeah but but i do think that i do think there's one scene though i like okay like is it a jump scare no that the jump scare i love there's uh, one really solid jump scare that and, uses VFX and it looks great. Yeah, and that jump scare uh, is is the reason why every time that I sit on anybody's chair, I get it a little bit hesitant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, in, in context of, of people who don't actually understand Asian people, and when it comes to like ghosts in a second here, we are very superstitious. Like we are very superstitious, and this movie is a highlight of like everything. Of why we're that way, kind of thing. It it, it is like it, well, let's it, explain. Yeah. yeah, explain some of that then. Like, so where so, where's the superstitions come from? So like, okay, so just, well, I don't know. It's just I think culturally, I we are always been this way. Uh, it's just as a culture, we are super very superstitious. And I something I I don't know if it's because it's like we're more dense in people because there's so many of us or whatnot. It just seems like spooky stuff happens more often. Like I've heard a lot of spooky stories growing up and yeah. then the people around me my relatives my mom is a icu nurse in in hong kong and she told me stories like where she would like walk into a corridor and she, it would just be colder for her yeah and she just knows someone passed and she would go into the room confirming that someone's dead and, and and that kind of stuff and i i constantly hear these stories growing up my girlfriend is from thailand 
when we went to go uh, Bangkok to visit her parents a few years ago, the first thing she said, it was like, okay, if it's the middle of night and you hear someone calling out your name, do not answer. Really? Yeah. She's like, if you see, if you just see nothing and you hear your name being called, she's like, go back to bed. <laughs> it's literally what my girlfriend said to me. And, you know, in Thailand, that was her warning. That was her warning. It's like, do not answer to any calls of your name <laughs> in the middle of the night if you don't see anything. And if you do see something, still go back to bed because you don't know what you're seeing. Yeah. So that's how really it's going to be someone, someone like your fucking dad's fallen and broken his hip and he needs to go to the hospital, but you're well, like, yeah, I'm not it, going. Well, well, that's the thing. It could be, okay? But for them, it's not. For us, it's very serious. For us, it's like, you could be possessed just like that. You could, you you know, things do happen. And uh, and a lot, if you actually watch a lot of like the older uh, Hong Kong horror movies, a lot of times it's like about people going to Thailand and accidentally pissing off the wrong person and oh, getting yeah. cursed. Like getting cursed and getting like black magic done on them. Oh man, like say, I know, well, the like, because the one, one of my sweet spots, because I definitely have a, I have a, what's it called? A bl- I have a blind spot for Hong Kong horror movies, which is why yeah. it's great that I got a buddy like you. You can show me this kind of stuff, but <laughs> I'm really into Indonesian horror. And yeah. Satan Slaves is one that comes to mind for that, too. Have you yeah. you've seen Satan Slaves? Like, I have not seen Satan Slaves, but I will check it out now. If that's check that out. Think. Yeah, check Satan Slaves and Impetigor, his, his other movie. Impetigor, I actually like more. But yeah, that, but that explains why. There's the the fact that the culture is so spiritual, it offers up such good storytelling and it offers up so many different areas to explore a story that you just will not get in other cultures. And yeah, especially because we, we view it very differently. We believe it. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, and I, I know it's a dumb thing for me to say I believe it, but I I as much as I don't say, think that's I don't, a dumb thing. As much as I could tell you that I don't believe it, I, I definitely believe it. Somewhere in the core of me, after all these years of being in that culture, I do. Some it, it I don't know. I, I unfortunately I have not experienced any of it myself, but uh yeah. I know my uncles have, you know, Pan's parents have. She one of the weird things like, okay, so this is an example. This is a this is, this is a dumb kind of you know stories we hear. So uh my girlfriend Pan, she has a friend who had a little black magic done on her when she was younger. Basically, it's like this Thai tattoo. And this black magic helps her to get boys. Like, it literally makes her more attractive to boys, okay? What? That's like, that's that's what the curse does. It's like, so when you do black magic, it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's things to help you. That's why there's black yeah. magic, right? But sometimes it goes bad and then things happen, which is what rigor mortis is about. That's why I want to talk about that movie so too. Get, wait one fucking second here. She, yeah. So she actually got a tattoo? Yeah, she got a little tattoo. To help her she was, get say, dudes. Get dudes, yeah. When she was like fourteen or fifteen, you know, right? Whatever it is, all right. And that's that's what I apparently what I thought that's what my Godsmack tattoo was gonna do. It was gonna <laughs> get me girls. <laughs> Anyways, but this was like this. My 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 girlfriend's friend did okay, but and then eventually later now they met in life. Um, there's a, a Thai restaurant here in Saskatoon, and the owner brings a, like a monk in to do blessing and stuff like that every year. Okay, and this monk's supposed to be like a really good monk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could see spirits and stuff, right? Uh, the moment she met this friend, uh, let's call her friend A. I'm just gonna call her Jessica because I, you know, what it's easier for me to tell. Sorry. When the moment he saw Jessica, he was like, and she tripped right in front of him. No one tripped in front of him. But the moment she, that he saw her, she tripped, and the monk's like, "You had a curse on you," and the girl's like, "How do you know?" He's like. You have a curse on you. You've done, you've done something. 
And then the girl's like, yeah, I did. I did it when I was like 14. And then, you know, and the monk then told her like, you know, what she should do to try to dissolve the curse because she's like, I know at the moment it's good for you as a kid, you know, but now that it, whatever years pass, these things come back and bite you back if you don't pay it back, you know, in Thai spirit wear or whatever it is, you know. So she went, she went and did all that kind of stuff. But the thing is like this crazy monk, you never met this girl. The moment that she saw her, she maybe knew. he saw her tattoo and knew it was like, hey, that's a black black Whoa, magic tattoo. Not like that. You know, I don't think that's what I had. <laughs> this is not lying. We're not lying. It's scary shit. It's scary, Mitch. Yeah. Like, I know you guys don't believe it, but I do. Yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm listening to it. Well, yeah, I, I believe she, it. Because she was there. She saw it. And she just like, how do you know? And then she would tell her things about her life that she, he has no business knowing. Yeah, and he just know like details, not yeah. like broad. Yeah, not 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 yeah. like like not horoscope. Like, oh, uh, That's you know, you're a, you're you oh, this today is your bad day. No, he was like, oh, your mom did this, your dad did this, you know, your grandpa yeah. did this, you know. And that's in Saskatoon, though? That's in Saskatoon. Yeah. This is that's crazy. In Saskatoon. No, no, actually, yeah. the monk is from Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg. Sorry, yeah. He's not, okay. He doesn't even speak my language because like, the owner is Laos and monk is Laos, so they speak their own. So I, I never communicate with him because I don't know how to speak Laos. And he just started like, saying things, and then like, people would translate to me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, that's so, so fucked. So because of these stories, like, it's hard for me to not go, like, oh, this is all bullshit. Because, like, it's just, there are things, like, how? Like, because, like, it's not, we don't we don't go out tell people about our life story or family story. These, you, you, you know, and it, I, anyways, This monk probably doesn't have Facebook. It probably does not have Facebook, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but that, that's how seriously we take this spiritual stuff, you know? Yeah. And in the eye, that's what happened. Like you when when the when uh when the grandma realized that she's seeing the ghost, that is exactly where she went. She went and found a Chinese priest, a Taoist priest to come exorcist. And that's what he that's what they that's why he was explaining, oh, you know, when you kill yourself it's a sin and you relive your killing your your suicide over and over again and then he he proceeded to try to help them uh beat the curse because the parent because the grandparents just thought that like the grandma just thought that like this this one kid ghost was just the only thing haunting her they didn't realize that she was seeing them because she got the cornea you know yeah lens. yeah kind of thing and so that there's that scene the scene before the elevator because the elevator is my favorite the scene. elevator is the highlight yeah but but the scene before the elevator right before she walks in and they're burning the report card and that's the thing is that if you don't you might not realize that the burning record part because you know report cards look differently in yeah everywhere but they were burning report card to trying to get the spirit of the, the the boy to dissipate or not dissipate but to like be able to like leave peacefully to the underworld so we we in, in chinese we have like the normal world we have the underworld where dead people go and if you're really sin bad and I'm, I'm talking about this is like the mix of buddhism and Taoism, because chinese culture is mix of those two cultures so yeah it, it's not completely one and the other one but if you are more Taoist person then you would believe more that that's type of hell and if you're more buddhist person you believe more the buddhist type of hell so my girlfriend pan because she's Thai, they're more Buddhist, so their hell is kind of similar to the Chinese Buddha's hell. Anyways, but the but the suicide is bad for both sides. Doesn't really matter. You you you're, you're yeah. constantly reliving your sins, regardless of what is. That's what suicide does to you. And so at that moment, they were burning the kid's report card because that is his thing that he unfinished business. 
his unfinished business that he killed himself because his parents didn't believe him that he lost his report card. And he went and jumped out of the building and killed himself. I don't know if you caught that story. Over, no, I didn't catch that. Okay, so that's the storyline. That's the little kid. The first ghost she talks to. Yeah. That little kid. So he killed himself over his report card. and they, yeah. So that's the vessel that's holding him? That's the vessel that's holding him. So okay. before the elevator scene, uh, when she walks in, she's like, what are you guys doing? They're like, oh, nothing. You know, just go up. You know, they were trying to hide the fact from her that they're trying to deal with this ghost because they didn't know that she knows. They didn't, under, they didn't understand that she herself are seeing spirits. They just thought that that one ghost was haunting her. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. If you're not Asian, you miss a lot of these subplots. Yeah. You understand just how many layers this movie goes on. And that's one of the layers. So they're trying to help her by actually burning the report card. So now the, so, oh, we, in Chinese, believe me, anti, actually, we believe by burning things to... Uh, is how we give things to the 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 dead to the to spirits. So yeah. every year, me and my family, we go to our graves of my grandparents and uh, my great great grandparents, and basically every all my family who moved to Canada uh, since the eighteen hundreds, we go to all the graves and we burn them some chi- uh, ghost money. We uh, we what they call hell money or ghost money. It means the same thing. Basically, it's just money for them to spend in the underworld. And we burn them some things to eat and stuff like that, be- just just to as like a tribute kind of thing. Now, I attended one of these recently, unfortunately, actually. This is really weird, but uh, yeah, okay. like a, a friend of mine passed away that uh, would have been last year, and yeah. they, they had a Chinese ceremony for him where yeah. they were, they were uh, like his favorite his favorite food like his junk food was like cheetos like yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone and everyone in attendance had a cheeto yeah and we'd go and put it into the fire and it was yeah. really really beautiful yeah to give it to him so for my grandpa it's uh coffee crisp <laughs> <laughs> yeah see like it, it sounds so we... it sounds ridiculous like you say yeah. oh cheetos but it was like a really emotional obviously it was his funeral but it was yeah. it was really emotional really beautiful it's something i'd never seen before yeah so that's that's what we they do. planted a tree for him as well yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's 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 great for them. That planet tree is a different thing. That thing does that Western infuse into it. <laughs> that okay. part is not pure Chinese, but the burning Cheeto thing is definitely Chinese. You know. Yeah. And we always bring. So you know, if your your uncle likes to smoke, you usually burn a pack of smoke for them. Your you know, my my dad always does that for his brothers. He always brings an extra pack of my uncle's favorites. That's smoke. your guys' way of pouring one out for the homies. We also pour one out too. That's <laughs> also in the. That's also in it. We pour one out because. For Chinese, it's very important to have the alcohol. We have the the rice. We have the meat. All the good the stuff. Fruits. All the good cigarettes. stuff. Cigarettes. Yeah. yeah, and we give them all. And the cigarettes, you know. Do you uh, ever burn like, a porno mag for old creepy uncle? Unfortunately, none of my uncles <laughs> are creepy. But that's actually, if you watch it in the Hong Kong movies, you might see a scene of something like that. Someone burning <laughs> a porno mag. I'm sure there's a movie that did that. But that's the thing. That's how we. That's how we give something. And it's. In a way, it's like it's not that I believe that's true. Like I don't think for sure the money goes to them, but it's also just something for me to play. Like like it's for me to say thank you, I guess. Yeah. And, and and just still saying that I remember you. You know, uh, we're here. We're still here. Yeah. And thank you for everything. So yeah. So we we do that for the grave thing every year. So but anyways, in that scene when they were burning stuff, it's not like they're burning stuff for no reason. They're burning the kid's report card so he could get the report card. So he could like, you know, not kill himself again, like because he has it now. That his 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 thing is un 
It's finished. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the yeah, the cycle's closed. So is yeah. that kind of like uh, like I know I'm jumping everywhere, but this is kind of a really interesting, cool history lesson for me. Yeah. But like the suicide forest. Uh, do yeah. you know like do, I know about that the Japanese like, suicide forest? Yeah. Is that like so that would be like I guess that's for a conversation for a different day. Yeah, it could <laughs> but, be. But yeah, but unfortunately, suicide forest is a Japanese thing because that's that's in that's in Tokyo. Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but Japan I'm wondering if do... they're if like that's a part of the 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 only reason I brought that up is because like yeah. wondering if like they're killing themselves and they're just repeatedly killing themselves when they're in that forest. Oh, they probably that's why are. I was asking. Yeah. But okay. But sorry. I, yeah. But yeah. But no, no. That's a good question. But you, ignorant but, white person question. No, no. It's fine. I think. But I think that's something that you do have to find someone with Japanese culture to explain yeah. to you what it means yeah. to them because all of us have something different. So I mean like me and Han are similar because she's Thai and she's uh Buddhism and my Buddhism are very similar. So we do have similar things, but yeah. the Japanese Buddhism is like uh, another different animal. There I forgot what this there's called. But yeah, but they it's it's there there's a lot of variations and stuff. And so unfortunately it's one of the things that it's not universal connected like korea korea is a huge christian country so their ghost stuff also is not very similar they're they're korean version of christian like they're, it's is not jesus even... white over there too oh, jesus is korean over there <laughs> 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 i'm actually pretty sure i know it's a joke but i'm pretty sure jesus is korean over there anyways <laughs> don't call me that if you're a korean listener please don't hate on this chinese kid i don't know i'm guessing but I know that, you know, Korean is, is very Christian fused, you know, it's same as like indigenous people here is, is an indigenous old, uh, their indigenous belief feels if they're Catholic, right? It, it's this messed up. It's not Catholic. If you, if you ever been to like uh, the reserve and, and if you actually know people who teach us there, they would tell you that their belief is a whack integration of Catholic with their original indigenous belief. And it makes no sense at all because they're not the same system, but they got jammed. Yeah, they just jammed together. Yeah, over the years, and it's just this whack thing. So yeah, anyways, religion is weird, and religion is also very cool. I love reading about that stuff. Yeah, but, I know, it's super uh, interesting. Sorry, but back to the the thing. Yeah, so in that movie, that's yeah, that's a that that part. It was an important part of the story, but you don't you won't get it if you're not, you know, a Chinese person. The same thing is like when she first leaves her house and she sees the kid saying that, "Have you seen my report card?" You probably not. You 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 might get the cue that he's like a spirit, but for a Chinese person, we know instantly he's a spirit because we see the lanterns on the door. <laughs> so I'm only you see the lantern, you'd be like, uh, all right, that's a dead person in there. And a kid talks to you, you're like, all right, there we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh my god. That's and then another thing, like in, in the movie, I don't know if you see that there's a lot of green in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, there's a whole hue of green over top yeah. of almost the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, and because green is our color of hell. Oh. Our hell is not red. Our hell Spooky. is green. Now, do you know why our hell is green? Because that's how it is in Hercules. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Continue. Actually, I have no idea if we have length. There's a good chance that somewhere. That Greek mythology and Chinese mythology may have links sometime in the in the past. If someone knows that, you know, you could uh, find me and let me know. I would love to know about it. But uh, our our color is greens because what color is a dead person? Green. That per yeah, that person's green. 
Like, well, it's been a while since I've seen a green uh, dead person. But yeah, but but you know what I'm talking about. A couple about. hours like, at like, least. Like, but like you don't, you're not pink. You're not reddish. Yeah. The color of red and pink is the color of someone who has blood pumping through your veins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get yeah. cold and green. Okay. You get cold and green, blue. So if you watch Hong Kong horror movies, the green and blues is our hell. It's a cold place. It's not hot because when you die, you are cold. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but but that, that now but there is a burning hell. The burning hell is for someone who like like your murderers and stuff like that. Like you do go to a sp- a different kind of hell. So there's two types of hell. There's a hell that's it's just called underworld. But basically, you just live as a ghost and everything's fine. But, you guys got two hells. Yeah, and then the other and then there's the other hell, the bad hell that's literally is if you're a killer, if uh, actually, I'm not very sure what else is, but. Maybe it's getting melded sure. right now as we yeah. speak. Anyways, but but someone if you're like you know if you're a murderer stuff like that you go to that hell and you you don't escape, okay. And then if you go and it's all mixed up, so it became again this is like a huge thing because it depends on your Taoist side or your Buddhist side because it's told it's two different system, right? The Buddhist side is that you get reincarnated in normal time, and if you make up enough karma, you become the enlightenment, and then you basically you become the the Buddha. And you no longer suffer the uh, suffering that a normal person suffers in the real world. Because okay. in Buddhist belief, you were always suffering. Yeah, well, that's what I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, but Buddhist belief is like life is suffer. But what separates yeah, someone is good and bad is what choices you make when you're suffering. Oh, okay. Okay. And but one and what but one of the, the ideas of Buddhist uh, belief is that because we're constantly suffering. Uh, that is our, our not sin, but that's kind of the, not punishment, but it is our um, training, I guess, right? And yeah. but you're going to suffering, and some people just and so when people say karma, it, it's not something that comes like this lifetime. Like my my karma now, it, it, it's not just this lifetime. It's like all my past repeatings of lifetime add up together. And eventually, if you have enough lifetimes that you do good stuff, that you rack up the karma, that's how you become the Buddha. It's not like this lifetime you you are the best person ever. Because the last lifetime, while you're suffering, you could be a piece of shit and like a, killing everybody during World War II and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. So there's and still hope for the next me. There's still hope for the next me, exactly. <laughs> and that and that's exactly the idea. That is the idea. So it's yeah. never too late. You know, and even though you might be not getting the right karma this year, it, that's not a reason for you to be a piece of shit. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, and that's like how you said it's never too late. You could always turn you around. Could always turn around, yeah. you know, and that's the Buddha side, right? And the Taoist side, I'm not very sure how that works. As well. <laughs> but, anyways, I'm done talking about this this part. But that's this, this movie has a lot of Canada's elements in it, and it, it's. You know, and that's it like, makes what, me want to rewatch it. Honestly, yeah. like, like hearing all this really does make me want to yeah. rewatch it. But I have one burning question that I actually need to yeah. an- ask yeah. before I forget it. Yeah, is Jessica still single? <laughs> Jessica is no longer single. She's engaged, and 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 she is also. It worked. It well, the thing is, like Jessica is also like very attractive. So it would have not. It would have worked out regardless of <laughs> Jessica being <laughs> having to. So she not. didn't need. She didn't need she, to get the, the tri- tribal tramp stamp tattoo. No, I don't. She did not need that to actually lay anybody because she is actually very attractive. Easy. Easy. She's, she's one of those people that goes on Instagram and like poses like yoga poses. 
Oh my god. And because she could do all those crazy poses and stuff like that, she's like super fit. Anyways, um, Pan's gonna be walking in here any minute now. Oh, Pan agrees with me. Like we both, <laughs> like we'll look at her Instagram and be like, oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll get her but, Instagram afterwards. But, but. but before we finish this movie, I do want to talk about the the elevator scene because I love the elevator scene. I think the elevator scene is one of the best moments of horror. And, and, and like it's one of my favorite they, I would put that in top 10 for me of moments of horror I love that scene so 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 much and there is one thing that you don't realize and now I'm going to explain to you why that makes that scene even better okay Ready explain to me like I'm five come on let's so, do it so first thing is in this scene she, uh, so for whoever I'm going to spoil everything unfortunately but it, but you should watch the movie because of this scene. This scene. I think I think hearing all this, and if you haven't seen the eye, you should watch it after hearing all this because it's gonna make it a million times better. Honestly. So, so when this girl goes, she basically uh, she goes into the elevator and she looks at the CCTV uh, and to check out if uh, to just just you know normal, just look inside. We always have CCTV in our uh, elevators in Hong Kong. I don't know why. Anyways, but she looks in she, when she was about to walk into the elevator, she sees a creepy old dude inside facing away from her facing like the corner of the elevator and then she comes out looks at a cctv and obviously there's nothing there because that guy is a ghost <laughs> and then she looks back in and she's still here and then there's two couples who don't see ghosts walks inside to the elevator and it's just like just like doesn't understand why she's not going in there right yeah and then so far and then she, she refuses to go in there and the elevator goes and she goes in an outer elevator and there's nobody there yet but obviously if you're a ghost you're not gonna be trapped inside one space. So this of guy, of course not. Yeah. So this ghost floats into her elevator, and she like and but the thing is like she doesn't go back to see it. She could tell just and the things like and, and this is what I said before. Like my mom felt cold air when yeah. there was ghosts uh, present, and this is something that's actually uh, that's a common thing for. Yeah, that's in Western and, culture too. Yeah. So she pro- she probably felt it. The moment that she was in the elevator, she felt it. And you can see that scene just immediately, her like goosebumps yeah. and her eyes change. She knew something is in there with her now, and she does not dare to see it. She is so scared because she's gone through a hell of a day. She's already terrified. <laughs> and then this happens, and she's stuck in the elevator. You're like, you, nothing she could do. And she's supposed to go to floor 15. Okay, now why is this important? So first thing, this is amazing because this elevator part makes you wait for her to get to floor 15. So you see the number changes and see her just like more and more shaking. Yeah, because getting she, racked up. She's just getting, and this ghost is just slowly getting closer and closer and just slowly flowing to her. And yeah. it eventually it starts turning and you see like what happens to it. You know, that what the ghost actually looks like. So all this is amazing. But what you don't understand is a Western audience is that there's actually subtle cues in the elevator that there's certain numbers are not supposed to present it when she was going up the elevator. And those two numbers is four and 14. Can you so say at, that one more time? Is- you're not supposed to see two of the numbers when she was in the elevator, when it's going up, the numbers are going up. Yeah. And those two numbers are four and 14. So as a Chinese audience, when you saw that, you already know she's in a bad place because yeah. those two numbers are not supposed to be in the elevator. And this is why the word four sounds like death in Cantonese 
and in Mandarin. Both of our Chinese language, the number four sounds like death. And as I said before, we are super, very superstitious. So in any of our elevators, we do not have the fourth floor. We don't have the 14th floor. 14 sounds like you're dead for sure. 10, 4. 4 means dead. 10 sounds like for sure. So you have death for, for sure together. Dead for sure. So on if you ever been to Hong Kong, been to Taiwan, you ever been to China, if you look at elevators, you're not going to be able to click 4 or 14. Really? Yeah. Unless That's it's like nice. some Western like holiday in and they decided to like hell with like tradition. But that but that most of those hotels don't have either. Like if you go to four season of Hong Kong, you know, you would not have the floor four. You would not have the floor fourteen. Uh this actually brings back some cool stuff you go to. Like Taiwan has like a, a hotel which is built on the buried grounds uh from the dead person people that the Japanese people killed when they were occupying Taiwan. And if you when you go in there, there's some arts in there that are like kind of weird looking. Like this is like a crazy expensive hotel, but as a Chinese person going in there, you would know those are not art. Those are Chinese spells written in like art form. So like Western people don't know those are Chinese spells. Yeah. And those are spells to keep the dead spirit because these are angry people. They get killed by Japanese people and they're trapped in this place. And how you build a hotel on top of it. So to keep the spirits away from like haunting the guests. Anyways, so... 4 and 14, those two numbers. So if you watch that elevator scene of, of that, if the moment you see 4 coming up, you'll be like, wait a minute here. <laughs> yeah, not Something is funky. Yeah. And, then it, and then obviously she leaves the, the elevator and she goes into floor 14, the, the floor that does not exist. She goes into the space of hell. Jesus. And then that's why... It was so scary that, you know, and we knew, we knew something's funky and she ran in. And so after all this tension, she runs and she tries to open the door. She can't open it. And we see it says 14C. And us, that's the moment that for a Chinese person, that's really the moment that all, everything, all the goosebumps comes up because you know, <laughs> you're not supposed to be there. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong spirit realm. You're, you're not supposed. And so that's why that part, as a Western person, you understand it's, ten, it's tense because the, the, the whole buildup of, of that guy, it, it is very tense, you know? But yeah. you don't understand why is it her not opening the right door? Oh, she's the wrong house. Okay, whatever. I mean, that's kind of spooky, but that's not that spooky. Yeah, that's creepy without it, but it definitely makes it a, it adds a whole different meaning and layer to the oh, movie. Exactly, yeah. And so that's why this movie scared so many Hong Kong people because we watched it. And then next thing you know, because like, that's nightmares made of. Can you imagine you going home and you got into the wrong, like 14 or 4? Because that's that's what we scared. Because that means that we're not no longer in the human side. Yeah. No, that means you're not a human side. You're on the ghost oh side. That's God. a very, very big no-no. So because of that, this movie, it, that's why it's so scary. That's why your Philippine, per, your, your Philippine friend was so scared of it. Because he probably had similar beliefs. Yeah. I don't know. But there might be certain things that clicked, and for them, it might be, when he saw it, he probably had the exact reaction me seeing that scene and going, "No, no, not fourteen, not 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. So, anyways, that's that's that, and that's the movie. This this, uh, oh man, I, I I okay, I can't say uh, this is not like my favorite, like because I as much as I, I love this movie, there are parts that you know. Uh, 
there, there are parts that it, it never hit as well. Like, I love the first half. I want I, to say this. I really am a huge fan of the first half of the movie. I think it's one of the best setup uh, of a horror movie. And you know, the fact that, you know, she keeps interacting these things because she doesn't know she's not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. It's enough to make you go, oh, <laughs> stop looking. Stop doing that. He's eating the candle. We don't eat candles. We all know what eats candles. <laughs> yeah, does it? Who eats candles? Ghost does. That's, Ghosts that's, eat candles? Yeah, that, that's one of the things we feed them. We feed them incense. That's why if you look at Chinese people when we, in front of our carries and stuff like that, we always give incense. We always give candles. That's their, one of her foods. Oh, yeah. Wild. So that kid was eating. That kid was visiting his old house where his parents gave him food so that he's not starving in the underworld. <laughs> God, man, there's so much shit to be scared of in that in that culture. Oh, I I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess it's the same as like I I would get scared shitless when I was in like like thinking back to Bible school, man. Honestly, growing up and going to Sunday Sunday school or even just any yeah. type of like and same with uh like uh, religious studies and uh, yeah. Christian ethics. Like there was always scarier shit in those classes than there was in actual horror movies for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's because terrifying. The, because yeah, because you never, you never know if it's going to cross the realm. You never know if it's going to, you know, mess you up. And it, you know, for me, I, I just thought of if I touched my wee wee, that Jesus would kill me. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, no, our ours is like way worse than that. You know, we, <laughs> we have a ghost festival like our Chinese Halloween, but our Chinese Halloween is kind of like the Mexican one where the dead comes back from yeah. the, uh, the the land of the dead and come to the human world, okay? But for them, it's a good thing because they celebrate it. For us, it's like, do not walk out the dark. Do not wear black clothes. Do not touch anything you're not supposed to touch. Man, I'd because, be fucked. Because that's I the do day. do all those things. <laughs> because that's the day that the spirit is the strongest and if they are a mean spirit, they could take over your body and go do different stuff, which is what uh, Out of the Dark is about. That 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 movie that I, that one that I said that's yeah. one of my favorite horror movies. I I wanted I really wanted to show you because that movie was that movie is why I am the way I am when it comes to movies. It is a huge stepping stone and why I love movies the way it is. And but one of that theme is that it's goes taking over human bodies to do their biddings for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, I promise you, we will do this again, and we'll we'll, we'll cover out of the dark. Okay, well, so, well, I I'll try to find it. I'll I'll, I'll try to find it, but it's it's too bad because it was streaming when you asked me, and I was like, great, that'd be great. He gets to watch the stream. And we oh, get to talk about the movie, and then it couldn't stop on streaming anymore. It might come back, anyways. But that's that's that. So that that's that, those are the layers in the di that unfortunately, yeah, even Western character, we watch it and you'd be like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Like it, it has some spooky jump scares. But yeah, there's, there's so, so much, much more to it. Yeah, there's, there's so, so much more to it that, in that movie. That I wasn't even yeah. seeing. Exactly. Ironically. But that, that's fine, you know. But that's that's that that's why, you know, as an Asian parent, that's why I picked this movie. I think yeah. I think this movie is a great explanation for me to explain like why because I, I, this is I, I'm kind of dragging you down the the bus right now, or we're throwing you in front of the bus right now. But there was one time I was supposed to hang out with uh, Mitch, and he was high on his mind. And the first thing he <laughs> said to me was, uh, Jay, why are uh, Hong Kong movies not as good as Hollywood movies? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm and, and is Inferno the, the best Hong Kong movie ever made? And, uh, but what the did thing I is, say is the best Hong Kong movie ever made? That's what you said. <laughs> it, what it, what like, did I say was? Uh, Infernal Affairs. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And, and and in my in my defense, I think Infernal Affairs is among one of the best Hong Kong movies ever made. I don't think it's the best for me, but it is a mess. But anyways, but one of the reason, and it <laughs> I was literally I, only saying that because I knew it would get you worked up. Well, I mean, but, then, but it worked because after you said that, and, and because you asked me for the podcast, you said that. All I could think about when I was showering is like, I gotta bring that up. I gotta talk about <laughs> the podcast. Oh I don't God. think you understand how many times I've thought about this since you asked me, but. The thing is that I think one of the reasons is this is there are differences in culturally. So there's things that hits you guys, hits Western audience that doesn't hit Hong Kong people. Okay. I and, just and need to be crystal clear <laughs> and it suck it sucks that you actually thought that I was serious that whole time. Oh, no, but I, I don't was think you're serious. Okay. But, <laughs> but that's I said, such I a am... clearly ridiculous thing to say. Why are Hollywood movies better than Hong Kong? <laughs> but but the the crazy thing is like a lot of my friends think that. Oh yeah, a, a lot of my friends. Not 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 not. Well, we got friends, Venom too. Friends. Let there be carnage. Uh, yeah, but well, <laughs> but that 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 movie is fun to watch. Anyways, <laughs> oh. I, I I like when a movie's bad, but it's just entertaining bad. Anyways, but the the thing is, uh, uh, what I was gonna say is like a lot of my Hong Kong friends, they actually don't watch Hong Kong movies. They don't yeah. like it because of that. We do have that mindset. Anything that's not done in Hong Kong is better. Then. And and we they also they also don't watch Chinese movies, but that's a totally political reason. Uh, <laughs> um, I watch Chinese movies. I think Chinese movies actually has some really really crazy cool CGI monster stuff. That if you love monster movies, you need to watch some Chinese movies because what was Monstrum? It, did you watch Monstrum? I did not see Monstrum. No, that's another really good one. It's uh, I I can't remember. I think it's Indonesian as well, actually. Uh, but that's it's good. fucking great. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Text you got text me these Indonesians yeah. afterwards. I'd like I'd to think that yeah. you, I like to think that you obviously know that I don't discriminate oh, in movies. No. no, no, I don't. I don't that. I don't think that at all. But I, I think you did brought up like a sour, not a sour, a sour point, like a, a point that like uh, it's a sore spot for a you. A sore spot, yeah. But the sore spot is not for me. It, it, it's a sore spot because like my Hong Kong friends, like it sucks to see that people in Hong Kong don't enjoy enjoy their own movies because i do yeah. think hong kong has some amazing movies i think there are some great independent stuff and my friends in hong kong they don't watch it like i'll be like have you seen this movie they were like no i mean like why would i I'm like it's oh amazing <laughs> like you know but they watch all the avengers movies they watch all you yeah. know and I, it, it drives me nuts it is something yeah. that drives me nuts you know no, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy when my <laughs> friends won't watch something that has subtitles on, and they'll they'll always be excuses. And like, see, that's just that's just oh, yeah. the subtitle barrier. That's the one the one to two inches on the screen. That's oh, yeah. not someone who's just automatically writing something off because it's not American. Yeah, and but that's that's what they do. It's, and not American. Like they would watch they would watch like Japanese horror. They watch Korean horror. They just won't watch like Hong Kong. Weird. Yeah, that's just the way they are. But anyways. Uh, I completely went off the rails. I don't remember where we are, but all I was saying is that this movie, I thought it was a good example of like the cultural yeah. difference of the movie and something that now, hopefully after I explain it, if you have a chance to watch it, maybe you remember certain things I say and then it, you appreciate what yeah. kind of scares that the Pang brothers were bringing up. Like these guys, you know, uh, they, they, they put out a few movies after this and they were all pretty good. Uh, yeah. There's one called a detective that came out 2008 that was like more like a thriller more like you know trying to find uh, a killer kind of movie but it's set in Bangkok and if you've ever been to Bangkok and you've ever been to like the um, 
the, the city part of Bangkok, you would know how creepy it is. It could be at night. It's yeah. just, you know, and it's in their culture too. They think just creepy. It's not just us. Like, that's why my girlfriend warned me. Like, you know, you're in Bangkok. Yeah. You're in Ghost yeah, no City, kidding. bro. You need to <laughs> not ask. You're, you're in Ghost, Ghost City, city bro. <laughs> like, she's, like, she's like, you think Hong Kong's spooky? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be in Bangkok where my village is. That's where spooky stuff happens. It's literally, that's they wear it in their cred. Like they're just like, you think Hong Kong's spooky? You have to come to Bangkok. Like it's just, yeah, it's a different level for them, man. Yeah. Well, no, honestly though, Jay, I'm I'm really, really, really happy that you chose the eye because that no, that was all very like insightful and really interesting, and it does add an entirely different layer to the movie. There's so many different oh. layers that uh, I clearly I I like the movie like. Like I gave it three and a half on Letterboxd. Yeah. Like I really liked it, but yeah. I clearly missed a lot of stuff because you know the cultural difference. But oh, yeah, uh, thanks. Sure. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you like coming on and sharing all those stories. And because dude, that that was awesome. Like I I learned yeah. a lot, and uh, it does make the movie a look, like makes me want to watch it again. I just watched it last night. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully listeners feel the same. Uh, we have spent like nearly an hour on I the eye, which I'm not I'm even, <laughs> no, not even slightly complaining about. Uh, but luckily, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to spend an hour on uh, Dream Home or uh, yeah, oh, Dream you, Home. You, you'd be surprised, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let let's uh, let's shift over and let's start talking about yeah. Dream Home. So uh, the only thing that I knew about this movie was I knew that it was one of those movies that was described as like a category three movie where they would yeah. take it to the extremes. Um, yeah. Can you give our listener base a little bit of a backstory on uh, what category three movies are and just your history with Dream Home? So category three movies means that it is uh, very violent and, or it has sex scenes, actually. It, it goes both ways. So if you have like because Hong Kong also makes porno movies but not yeah. like legit porn you didn't you ever see the, the the vagina or the penis but <laughs> but it's a porn movie see, say it again say it again you don't see the vagina or the penis <laughs> 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 you don't but you it's a weird it's also it's a it's a weird like culture of hong kong too not culture but it's historically when we make movies that was one of the things we were also famous for like because yeah. Hong Kong was making all the movies in the 70s and the 80s. Everybody watched Hong Kong movies. So obviously, other than like the big kung fu epics, the dramas, the action, the, the Jackie Chan action movies, we also were giving out well porno movies too. You know. Anyway, so we have so kind of like NC NC 17, 18A, R-rated, yeah, exactly. but like uh, category three is like the the most extreme of the extreme. And the most extreme extreme. But and sometimes just by swearing a lot, you could be in the category three uh, kind of thing. So I'm pretty sure Inglorious Bastards was almost a category three in Hong Kong because of the excessive swearing and the scalping and yeah. uh, whatever it was. But I don't remember because I, I what I remember is I think they actually cut some scenes in Hong Kong to make it one level lower. So that's they could crazy. Show, yeah, that's what I'm that, pretty, that movie doesn't yeah. even come. Like I love Inglorious Bastards. One oh, of my yeah. favorite. Tarantino movies, but at like that movie doesn't even fucking compare to the to depravity home, yeah. that you see in Dream Home. Oh yeah, but that's the thing is that that it, it's not like it, it's one of those that if it passes the line, it is automatically like you know into that category three thing. You know, I, I'm not I'm I'm not the expert on how they do it, but I know that 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 yeah. was I remember reading something about that, and I remember <laughs> watching Inglorious Bastards in Hong Kong and wondering if I actually saw the you know, the full the real, cut, yeah. you know, and then, and I, and I, when I came to 
Canada again and I bought the Blu-ray and I was like, oh yeah, they definitely cut out so many scenes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't remember them scalping people. Oh. Well, and for an example, in Dream Dream Home, right off right off the bat, so we'll give people a, yeah. a little warning here because I do know, like, we at one point covered an uh, Itchy the Killer, and I know that was one yeah. of those movies that was like a too extreme for some some of our oh, yeah. listeners. And uh, like this movie has like there's two separate dicks in it, so uh, oh yeah, they if they may not be going into the vagina, but they're going they're going somewhere. Oh, they're going somewhere. Yeah, this movie is is it's over. It is yeah, it is as extreme as well. I don't know, but it's, I think it's I wouldn't like, say it's as a, it's pretty extreme. Like it's but, it's a pretty, but it's satirical. But the thing is, like I think it is more extreme than the sadness. Really, I think it showed more. And that's yeah, well, it, actually what I thought, you know. Uh, yeah. Because I, I kind of forgot about it until I rewatched it again, and I was like, oh no, actually, I was like, this definitely. Shows more than the sadness is what I thought. It has one. It has one of the most upsetting, uh, savage kills I've seen in a movie I think oh. ever, and that's the the pregnant woman. Oh yeah, and, and that's it's such a gut punch. This is a gut punch movie. It is sad. It you know it, it is it is funny, but it is also very gut punch. It is it's, both at the same it's, time. Yeah. It's such wit. Like it's it's not only like it's nothing like the eye. Like it's completely oh. nothing like the eye. It's oh no. But, it's it is super funny, but then the violence takes it so far to the oh, point where yeah. it's like it's almost not even funny because the violence is so extreme. Yeah, and it's for, I I think they're really realistic. Like the bong scene, I love. Oh, yeah, I love the that. bong scene. But it's yeah, just they ripped like, that off from Idle Hands, though. You guys gotta they, get your own oh, ideas. I'm just kidding. Sorry. I've never seen <laughs> no, that. Movie, but yeah, but I love that bong <laughs> scene. I remember seeing that. So that my history. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna explain why. Get your own ideas. The most well, like. In- <laughs> Oh my god! But here we're gonna explain about Dream Home. Okay, Dream yeah. Home is directed by Pan Ho Chang, and pa- I don't know Pan Ho Chang's. I don't know if he has a, a different English name. Uh, you actually, there's some movies of him are on Netflix right now that you could watch out. And the two movies I know for sure on Netflix are Love on the Puff and Love on the Buff. I'm pretty sure, and both of those are romance comedy. <laughs> and you hearing me right? They yeah, I love romance it. Romance comedy. And this is why one of these movies, UK. So Pamela Chan is actually a very influential movie, uh, uh, a very influential uh, director in my in my uh, cinephile life. Yeah, he was the guy who made me realize I like artsy movie. And I'm gonna explain what happened. So when Pamela Chan first started, his first movie he made was called I Shoot You Shoot, and that is. A black comedy movie about an assassin getting hired to kill people, but the rich people were not uh, happy with the fact that he didn't get to see him kill the people. So he blackmailed a filmmaker to help him film him assassinating people. And it's a blast. It's a very funny movie. And it's very dark and twisted, but not like Dream Home where it's like extreme. It's just a. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's yeah. just crazy, but it's a very funny movie. And from there on, he went to uh, the Revenge of the Princess or whatever the English name was. Actually, maybe I should like pull up IMDb to so I know the English name of all these movies. But um, he went yeah, to that. This is the only this is the only film of his that I've seen. But even just from seeing this one movie, even if, like I will say, like I like this movie less than the Eye, just because it's generally just not as much my thing. Like these extreme movies, like. They gotta. It's it's kind of weird. Like I like a lot. Of, like I love Itchy the Killer, 
but yeah. uh there's some of them it's just like i don't know this one this one i i do like it and i appreciate it and i would like to see it in a theater because i know i'm pretty sure john played this at the this Saskatoon fantastic film festival back in the day oh did but, he <laughs> yeah i think because i know he's a big fan of this one as well you right. and john have a lot of similar movie taste too but uh oh, yeah but he uh yeah, but this is one that would be like a blast to see with a group because like when I'm sitting here watching it by myself and I'm like, it's such the tonal shifts are so oh, insane. Wow. Yeah, I, I what I was trying to get at is even only seeing this one movie, you can tell that he has a style oh. uh, specifically in the bong scene and the dick. Like it, just the way oh, yeah. that that whole scene is filmed. It's yeah. like you can just see a director with real style in that oh, whole yeah, sequence. And- yeah, and then there's like always in mirrors, people in mirrors, people going yeah. through like elevators and stuff like that, escalators. And you can see through escalator. Like he's a he ha he's a, he has a really beautiful uh, visual style. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like he is. So this is what happens. So uh, in 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 you shoot, I shoot in that first one. You already know how much he loves Martin Scorsese because the whole movie, it, he constantly talks to Martin Scorsese and talks about and he constantly like parodies it in 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 a way and then in the next one in dr ken a uh, uh, revenge movie uh same thing very beautiful movie and has a twist and that's the thing he was kind of like the m night Shyamalan big guy in hong kong at that time yeah where all his movies has a twist yeah kind of thing okay and then so he did that he did uh uh beyond or ken and then he went and made man selling black which is a black comedy about like a bunch of husbands grouped together to go cheat on their wives, and they were, and so all three of these movies were success. <laughs> you know, it, it was. If you ever seen that, you won't be saying that because this is actually. Well, that's what. That's what I was. Yeah, it was a pretty joking. Ha ha ha! It's like but oh, it's, funny comedy. But but it is actually like very smart. Like his movies are always very smart, and but yeah. it's one of those that you might think it's very stupid, or you might think it's very smart. I guess I should say. You know, it's always a twist. And then, so he made three or four very, actually, he has a movie called AV. I got to talk about AV because I love AV. AV is, AV, I don't know if anybody here knows what AV is, but that's the word we use for Japanese porn. So no, AV, didn't know that, but okay, I know what so I'm Pound, searching tonight. So Pound has a movie called AV, okay? And the movie is about a bunch of university students who wanted to film their own AV. And so what they came up with is that they had, uh, they had people invest in their project, and basically, if you pay a certain amount of money, you could become a crew member to help make this, to make this this porno. <laughs> and it would film the three main characters of the movie as the as this porn, uh, you know, main star, so they could have sex with a really hot uh, porn star from Japan. And this this is the premise of the movie. And a certain part of the movie, they have an uh, action uh, choreographer. Who brought in someone and they had like wire work and a guy was like dressed up as a sperm and he starts like floating in the air. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so this guy's a, insane. Yeah, we get this it. This guy's insane. So he gets like he, this kind of movie. So he made all these movies and people were like, you know, all this funny stuff. And then he was like, you know what? I'm done making funny stuff. I'm going to make serious movies. And that's when he made the movie Isabella and Exodus. And Isabella is important to talk about because Isabella is a movie that got recognized in Cannes. This okay. guy has a nomination in Cannes Festival. Like, yeah. like he's, he's so good at making movies that, you know, uh, he has a Cannes nod. You know, that's a big deal. That's a that's not like, you know, uh, like uh, just like Hong Kong, us saying that he's good. I'm pretty sure Joker got in the con. 
Okay, there you go. Right? <laughs> I have no idea if Joker got any con. But the idea is like that. He he so he made this uh he made this very RC movie called Isabella. And that was a movie I first watched, and that was a movie that made me go, Man, I love artsy movies. And I started watching other RC movies. So he anyways, he made Isabella. That was me with Transformers too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Power Shirt makes Isabella. And then after, and he made so Exodus, the most artsy movie you watched. That it's it's not it's super not the Ridley Scott movie. movie. Yeah, not the Ridley Scott movie. About that piece of shit. And so he did all that, and then he's like, you know what? I proven myself as a comedic uh, director because he writes and he writes and directs all his movies. By the way, he's and he he actually writes, directs, and produces mo- a lot of his movies. He's, yeah, so he's he, an auteur. He's an auteur. Yeah, he's an auteur. And and so he did all that. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. The next movie I'm gonna make is gonna be Dream Home. Like yeah. that's that's the story of this guy. This guy went and made funny black colonies, made things that everyone loved to watch. And then he's Hong Kong's James Wan then. He's the James Wan, yeah. And he made Isabel the art <laughs> one, and he's like, all right, let's go. I'm gonna make the movie that no one can watch. I'm gonna go balls to the walls, just violent. <laughs> and that is, you know, and that's that. That Dream Home is, I think. I love Dream Home because of that. Because I saw, I've seen everything else that he's done. Yeah. And for me, this is his McLeanland. McLeanland. Oh my God, I cannot say it. But this is his movie because this is the movie that he didn't give a shit. This is the movie that him going, let's yeah, go. He had paid his dues and he's like, yeah, it's time to fucking ramp it up here. Let's go ramp yeah. it up, you know? And I love it for that. That's a big part why I love it is because this is his fucking moment. Does he yeah. know? And then eventually made Vulgaria, which is a movie about being a producer. And you should watch that movie. Okay, yeah. And I highly recommend going through this dude's movies. I love him. I, I, He's one of my favorites. He is one of my favorites. And he is a big reason that I love movies as much as I do. But, so the background yeah. Dream Home, it's a, it's a movie about this uh, uh, lady or yeah, this woman who really wanted to buy this uh specific um she really wanted to buy an apartment from this specific building called a victoria um that's where she wanted to build it and she grew up at a, a really poor uh, apartment complex uh and that was her dream her dream was to buy this you know expensive apartment and throughout the movie other than you know the killing stuff like that you actually get to see how it, how just uh, oppressed it was to be living in those those areas, and one of the oppressiveness comes from just the fact that you're constantly surrounded by buildings, you you don't see the sky at all, and yeah. at but at the dream home at Victoria, you see the whole sea, you see the sky. Yeah, it's, it's an escape from being constantly in that area where you don't get to see anything. Okay? Yeah. So that's part one part you didn't you didn't realize. <laughs> no, I, I I did actually I picked that up actually because I know there's a lot of correlations with I know it sounds ridiculous but there's correlations yeah. with Vancouver. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, because it's, it's the same idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 this is also a very timely movie because after ten years, this movie it's still the same thing. It's still the 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 part where. And the, the pricing for the, the cost of living is so fucking high. Exactly. The, the cost of living is so high that the only way you could buy a decent place is to kill people to lower the That's price. my one beef with the movie, but it's also pretty funny that he, yeah. that he says it's based off real events. 
Yeah. Or this is based yeah. on a true story. The only thing that's true, the only thing in this entire movie that is true is that the price of these houses is expensive. No, it also is true that when there's murders or death around a house happens, yeah. apartment, your apartment value does go down. Yeah, I fucking hope so. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, no, that definitely, <laughs> that that is also true, too. So, it's playing into those two things. And it... But I, no I one was no one was breaking into houses and vacuum sealing a pregnant woman's head, you know. Well, no, but there is definitely people killing people to probably achieve the same thing. Okay, yeah, I guess. I, I, I would not say in Hong Kong history it never happened. I, I, I I'm not gonna, you know, I, I'm Yet. I, Yet. I, you know, but I, I wouldn't. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like people go nuts, man. People, people are yeah. nuts. Uh, one thing about Hong Kong is like, so bringing back to the eye, that kid jumped. That kid killed himself over. Uh, losing his, his his report card. Hong Kong is a very high stress city. There's yeah. constantly I hear about middle schoolers like grade seven, uh, people in high school grade eight or whatever kill themselves because they didn't get good grades. That is actually a very common thing in Hong Kong. I, I'm not kidding. People are jumping yeah. out of buildings because of th- th- this kind yeah, of stuff. And there's so much there's so much pressure on them. Exactly. There's so much pressure on them so that, you know, yes, obviously probably someone will kill any something pregnant, you know, like like not all these events like that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on there that it's never happened because I, I don't know. I, you know, yeah, I, like the, it's probably the, just ramped up because it's a fucking movie. Well, well, OK, so as example, there's a movie in Hong Kong called um, oh, what's the English name? I cannot find. But basically it's the human Tasio Bao and Tasio Bao is basically our park bun. So the movie is called A Human Park Bun, okay? Uh, I'll try, I I don't remember the actual English name because there's a different uh, name. But it was streaming on uh, Shudder, actually. It was streaming on Shudder. Uh, if I can find it, I'll text you it. The movie is actual real event. This person murdered a whole family, chopped up their, their, their bodies, grinded it into minced meat, and made pork buns out of it. And was selling it. Scott Tenement. Scott Tenement. Do you like it? Do you like it, Scott? I call it... Mr. and Mrs. Tenement Chili. Oh my God! So in South Park, he does that to the bully, Scott Tenement. Okay, so Sorry. but so but th- this movie has came out in 1993, I and, know. and 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 that was actual event. Like that was a big deal. It was an actual guy killing people, a serial killer killing people, making people into park buns. Yeah, that movie. I mean, like, it dramatized it, but yeah. Okay. It happened. It literally happened. So Hong Kong people are nuts. I'm not, I'm just putting out there. Well, have you heard of Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, I've heard of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, people are fucked everywhere. But the thing is, like, you're saying that you know people's never done this. I'm saying that I I wouldn't actually say it never happened because yeah. okay. of the uh, things that of the things that I've read about Hong Kong and like the things that happened in my you know things I've read. It's just like yeah, you know, I'm. I wouldn't say one person did all of it, but I'm sure some of this has been done. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah okay. So we get, yeah, we get the point. Like people will probably kill people for to, to live. Yeah. Like, cause people they actually has, go nuts. Yeah. Probably people is probably killed pregnant people by using a vacuum cleaner. I don't know. <laughs> That's the one that stands out in particular is like the gnarliest kill in the movie for me. And it's like oh, pretty it quick into the movie, but also oh. I just have a thing for zip ties. Yeah. Like zip tie kills, and it, the movie leads off with one, like the, oh, and, yeah, and then the knife and everything. Like it is, it it's a uh, this one is cringy to watch, like especially yeah, and then oh he, yeah, 
but that's what the the best things that I can say about this movie is like, even though it didn't like fully work for me, like it's just not one of those types of movies that gets my jollies off. You know, it's not my yeah. thing that gets me super yeah. excited. But the direction and all of the all of the kills, and specifically oh, yeah. though when she's on top of the bed frame and she's breaking the wood and she's yeah. pouncing into the chick's mouth yeah. Yeah. and she's like, you think she's dead and then she starts gotta... rattling again. Like yeah. it's funny. Like, that, that's it where it's like you see Evil Dead too. You see fucking just oh, yeah. like. A, that ext- all sides of the extreme horror. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the yeah. rockstar fingers. Yeah, <laughs> I love the rockstar fingers. Well, uh, one the guy one getting the, his dick cut off to his yeah. entire intestines falling on the floor, and he's like alive yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> I love how he kills him off at the end, though. How she yeah. like thinks about oh, it savage. a second, yeah. and then she like does it. So, but yeah, no, this movie like the kills are well done, uh, shot well. But another thing is like it is a commentary uh, socially of what happened and the whole like um i guess one of the backgrounds i should explain is that there was a time where uh, hong kong government was actually buying all the old apartments of these older developed places because yeah. because because those houses weren't built tall up they were because they've been they were older so they let's say so a generally a hong kong apartment complex goes up to like 40 like level 30 to 40 that's how high we build our buildings to for for our apartment complex because we have we don't have enough place and these older places generally just goes up to like 15 yeah. or 20 something like that which is you know that's and and they're like poorly done you know it's a fire hazard is everything so yeah, what there's the no home- floor 14 there's no floor 14 that's right yes and i'm so, learning jc <laughs> so the the government what they do is they did actually try to buy out lands from these people they offered them money and stuff like that uh and and to try to re and they sell it to like the development uh development people and and to get them to build new new apartment complex but one thing that does did happen was like some of these people they didn't want to move because you know they've been there forever it's their you know it might be their grandparents place right you not everybody's gonna be like you're giving me this money i'm gonna move you know and on top of that with like the housing market of how high it is whatever the government is giving sometimes it's just not enough for you to actually buy a place you know the same size or or, or even like livable yeah and, and you could tell like from watching this movie that these people were poor you know they were struggling they, they didn't really have the money so yeah it, it, so it was one of those that it did had a commentary on what happened there what with, with, with the with how the government was forcing people out of the way so what eventually started happening was there was gangster involved there was like red paint being poured into people's houses there was snakes and and other tactics being thrown into houses to try to get people to be scared to yeah. try to get people to get you no know, you got to get you know to leave out of space so that's another that's one part that you know they show and that's why you see all those banners saying that you know the government is like is a gangster uh the banners all are saying that you know the, the government is is killing us on purpose the government does not care about us and all those what those banners are saying in those moments of the movie that these people are getting forced out of their home uh because you know and it's a logical thing it, it's not i'm not saying that it's a complete like you know illogical is i'm not saying it's complete for money but there are parts of it it's because of money because these big development uh agency organization what do you call it development companies like they are making big bucks by getting these projects okay and so they want to they want to start doing this they want to get that money rolling they want to you know start building this stuff so 
there's that part of that movie that makes it even more oppressed it, it, it more that feeling of like there's just no escape you can't go to you know the government you can't go to you know there's nowhere to go yeah no and it's think, eat the rich like they, eat, yeah i i think i think what this movie's trying to say says it loud and clear yeah and i think like and that's like that's one of the very like that's a great thing to say about the movie it's a huge compliment to it, is that it's a, the the allegory and the social commentary works very well it's heard loud and clear throughout it yeah i think but it is just like it's it's a absurd movie oh this is very absurd it is totally over the top you know it's, it's a crazy movie but uh that is that is into that a uh, couple things though that I want to talk about is, do you recognize one of the guys that was having sex with the girl that got his dick cut off? I recognize one of them. Um, okay. Do you know why you recognize him? No. Okay. The guy that got his dick cut off is the boyfriend in DI. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but see, yeah, and he did, but he's got like the spiky, like blonde, uh, he's yeah. got like green hair and shit, and he's, yeah, he plays it, obviously, he's acting. He's a completely yeah. different character, but oh, yeah, because yeah, that was one of my. That's one of my complaints about the movie, though, and like, that, but that's like, it's a tired, it's a tired complaint. It's a, just a trope in the horror genre, oh, yeah. and uh, is you know having to sit through shitty characters and like just oh, people yeah. who suck, and like, but those guys take it to a whole different level. And oh yeah, I get they do. The, yeah. I get that the point is that we're still you're gonna get to see them suffer. Don't worry, you're gonna get yeah. to see them suffer. But it's like, fuck, is it like, it's just so not fun listening to those people talk. Like, really? Because I think that the scene where the guys explain why he sh- he doesn't want to have a threesome is one of my favorite parts of the movie. That's so fucked up. <laughs> like the guy like, talks. He's about talking why about he taking want... it. Yeah, he's taking advantage of a girl, though. No, he, he he talks about why he doesn't want a threesome. Oh, and he shoots him in the face. Yeah, he shoots him because his friend shot him in the face with jizz <laughs> from the passive jizz, and that's why they're not doing a threesome. <laughs> That's such a that's such a weird flex on your friend to pull yeah. out your winky Do, and uh... and then go for it, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, and with all that in mind, I I do think that uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, I see terrible people. You know, it's not fun to watch terrible people, but I do think the way they die is. I do, yeah, no, it, the way they die is glorious, and yeah. I do think it's pretty hilarious when uh, he pulls out the the strawberry cocaine. And the guy's response is, oh, yeah, cute. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks it's so cute. Yeah, you know, he says, kawaii. Is what he yeah. Says. <laughs> yeah. And um, mm-hmm. the, the, the bomb kill guy is actually one of the writers. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. And then he's also right. He helps write a lot of Pound Charles movies, too. And he's, he's also always cameo in the movies. And Pound Charles himself is cameo in this movie. The director is cameo in this movie, too. Uh, the director's always cameo in his own movies. Every single movie you see a panel turn, there is a scene of panel turn in it. And in this movie, the cameo is the phone call at the end when she's finally happy. And the guy is like, fuck you. Actually, he doesn't say fuck you. What he says is fuck your mother, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what we say as in, in, in Cantonese. Actually, actually, same, actually, no, in, in Mandarin and Cantonese, that is the, the worst thing we say to someone. That's our swear word. We don't say fuck you. Fuck you is like, okay, yeah, it's pretty bad. But when someone yeah. says fuck your mother, that means like, like, yeah, that's, that's it. like, yeah, that's the C word. 
that's or that's our yeah. you know and that's what he says on the phone that's what he say because he he's like he knows he knows he's it's gonna be a you know a, a rated three movie anyway so in that movie he goes for it he's like that's the only time that that phrase comes out in the movie and it's a director himself and he says it twice <laughs> He doesn't say yeah. it once, he says it twice. That's little things that are funny for me because I understand the language and I understand Baller I, I under, and I know that I know the, the voice of it, you know. Um one of the cop that dies, the younger one, he's the uh, director of Rigor Mortis, which is also why when I said chose the four movies, Rigor Mortis was one of the list too, because the Rigor Mortis, uh the director is in his movie. He dies there, uh, and he was one of the cops. The mom of this, uh, the mom of the girl, of uh, the lady in this movie, she is a prominent character in Rigor Mortis. So that if I, if I had, if we actually got to see those four movies, you would get to see a lot of, a lot of cross. Yeah, but Jay, now I, look at this. We're, 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 like we're rolling here. up on two and a half hours here. So we, we got to wrap it up right away here quick, okay. but. I'm sorry, but, but that's, that's one of the reasons that I want Piggy's movie because yeah, they are, they are. I'll tell you what. I will. I will. This has been. This has been so much fun, and it's actually just been such a treat to to listen to you explain all this stuff to me because it's you know it's different. Um, like this is all stuff that how the fuck would I have yeah. known any of that? And it's really interesting. But I will have you back on, and uh, we're just not. We're not going to do. We're not going to do a pre feature. We'll just get uh, right into the movies. Sounds good. I'm sorry about that. But can I say one more thing? Yes. When you watch it, every Pound Ho Chair movie has a blowjob scene. Very important. <laughs> That's his signature. Every, weirdly, it is. He loves it. Every movie. And so, you know, watch his movies. And you could see the different takes he has on blowjob. In fact, he had an anthology movie, like a movie, like a bunch of small, short stuff that he made, all that yeah. he wrote. And it's there's a one horror sequence in a movie, and it's a bubble job. <laughs> okay. one, the one horror sequence he has in his anthology is a bubble job. Just letting you guys know. There you go. That's that's, that's all. I'm Take say about that, Tarantino. There. Shove yeah. feet up your ass. Fuck your <laughs> you mother. Think, you think people think feet's gross enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Damn. All right. Well, Jay, this, uh, this seriously, man, this has been a blast and we will make it happen again. I just can't promise how soon, but we will no, make it happen. But I want to, we'll, we'll tackle a couple more and we'll maybe go through this. Maybe, maybe you can plan it out, uh, choose like three movies or something like that and try to find a correlation between them. And, uh, we can dig into, dig into like the other, the other stuff that we, like I might not be picking up on. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so good, much man. for joining. No, thank and, you for having me. Sorry for the rambling. Don't know, man. That's what this. It's a podcast. This, yeah. you, you were great. You're. This was. This has been an absolute blast. Oh, I'm um, sure my girlfriend's shaking her head upstairs, going, oh, like, man, just, just shut up, man." <laughs> well, I just, I didn't realize that my voice was coming out of your computer until just now, like when Pan came in. So. Oh no, they're coming out my headphones. My headphones are like complete bleed through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that doesn't ruin my editing process. Oh God. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Like you mean through the oh. We'll figure it out. We'll see how it turns out. All right. I'm um, sorry, guys. Thank but, you for listening. Uh, yeah, is there somewhere where people can follow you if they want to keep up with your shenanigans? Uh, my Instagram is drummer drummer J. So it's D R U M M E R. But my name is J A Y E. Okay, cool. So yeah, give Jay can, a follow. Yeah, you can also follow me on Letterbox, and you can see all the rom coms I watch and what I think about them. 
Yeah, your letterbox drives me nuts sometimes. It's <laughs> for a conversation another day. But all right. Thanks, man. And thank you all for listening to this episode of The Terror Table. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day, night, whatever you want, whenever you're uh, listening to this.